Good morning, Jordan. Good morning. Today is Monday, January 17th, 2022. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. That's a mouthful. MLK. Some people call it Civil Rights Day. Yeah, Human Rights Day, Civil Rights Day. Wasn't there kind of a controversy here in the great state of Utah about that a few years ago when they tried to change the name? I don't know. I don't know. That's not worth looking at. But generally, you know, I'm glad we celebrate civil rights. <laughs> I saw a, a really funny. Um, so celebrate the memory of civil rights. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I saw, there's all kinds of all kinds of things to uh, say about <laughs> what's going on in my mind right now. Let me just forewarn the listeners. Today's podcast, we are going to be doing a deep dive breakdown of the movie Free Guy. Yep. You don't have to bail out right now if you don't want to have the movie spoiled. We're going to do our traditional rant (laughs) tangents. That may go on for a few hours. Eventually we'll get to, I don't know, maybe maybe 15, 20 minutes. There's a lot to rant about. There's a little bit to gloat about too. It's been a big week. Bobby made some predictions about a pivot point. And my goodness, these people are turning on a dime in a lot of ways. And they're also doubling down in a lot of ways. So it's sort of a... It's like a, a weird uh, Alice in Wonderland fantasy world type of a thing. It's our sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. <laughs> and uh, we are, uh, we're not in Kansas anymore. But uh, yeah, we're going to get to Free Guy here. And um, getting back to Civil Rights Day, there is uh, on Infowars.com today, there is a great, they've, they've picked up some, they love to do these, they post these people's political cartoons. Sometimes I'll just check the main page of Infowars for the political cartoons because they just get the the best. I don't know if they're the best, but they're some of the really good ones. And they they uh, have four or five up there that you can cycle through. Anyway, today's first cartoon is of a is a civil rights theme, and it's got this uh, black dude uh, in his business suit. You know, he looks like a pretty regular guy, and there's this. There's no other way to say it. Crazy looking fat lady wearing glasses running after him, yelling, I'm so sorry for what my race has done to yours. And he says, For God's sakes, leave me alone. In the next frame, she tackles him. He loses his sandwich. She's on top of him. Is there anything I can do to make it up to you? And he says, Please stop. She's all <laughs> she she's patting him on the head. And I mean, it's it's a really pretty good visual description of how worked up the media has a lot of very brain damaged people over civil rights. I mean, there's there there are plenty of disadvantaged white people out there, disadvantaged Hispanic people out there, disadvantaged um black people, whatever. The Asian people, I don't know, they see they seem to have a pretty tight community and they're like laser focused on um generational advancement. Like I ran into a at a, a friend's family had a birthday party for their kid this weekend and I ran into a guy about my age who was a Chinese born American, right? So he's born in America from Chinese parents mm-hmm. and man, that kid 
he's my age. Articulate dude, very successful in business, had these great ideas, a really go-getter. It just seems like that's pretty typical of the the Asian uh, families when they come over. They just, they have this long-term strategy for for advancing and, and, and uh, progression. Well, that's because they're white helping supremacists. Their families. <laughs> they are white. I mean, they they're, look, they they're, have their light skin. People have literally said that they're, that Asians are white supremacists because of their, what you're describing. See, it's a cultural thing. You know, there's plenty of, plenty of people that come over here and get sucked into potato chips and video games and stuff like that. And there's a lot of people over there that get sucked into it. I don't know if you remember the stories about every once in a while, not as often as you'll hear stories about soccer players collapsing on the field these days, but you'd see uh, a story about a Korean kid who had gone on a video game binge for f- 72 hours and died at the computer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that, it's not like we don't all have our uh, and, and deficiencies and, and, and vices China, that are, that are typical of the human race, not typical right, of any right. race, but the human race. Okay. China. That's what I want. I want to got to get that out before you say something. So, <laughs> So I don't, I know, I know we've, we've said enough on the podcast that somebody could, could edit us into oblivion, but yeah, you know, just yeah. in context, Go I just for had it. to get that out. Go for it. Yeah. Well, China is a huge market for video game companies, American video ga- game companies like, you know, Activision Blizzard and uh, EA and other of these big conglomerate behemoths that make video games. China's a huge market and uh, Blizzard, Bl- Blizzard, the makers of once popular games, but no more. Uh, yeah, let's see. Blizzard was uh, World of Warcraft, right? Yeah, they World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Starcraft. Starcraft. Oh, Starcraft I love Starcraft. Two, the original th- Starcraft is the one three of the best. Warcraft series, the RTSs, World of Warcraft, which is the MMO RPG. But they they've gotten in a lot of trouble recently with some of their takes. Let's call them on on China and Taiwan and Hong Kong. And in trouble by who? The Chinese or by us? Not by the Chinese. So they in, went in trouble they went by woke, fans. They went woke, got broke. Well, essentially, you know, they, they've, uh, I don't want to go in the whole story because it's kind of old news by now, but they suspended a, they suspended a Hearthstone player. Hearthstone's one of their games. It's a digital card game. Okay. Kind of fun. It's uh, hard to get. Like magic? Um, kind of, yeah. It's like a competitive, like a combat card game. So you, you draw cards and your opponent, has cards and they battle. It's, it, yeah, kind of like Magic: The Gathering. Okay, but is what what uh, genre is it? Like, where, how's it set? Oh, it's set in the World of Warcraft universe. So, okay. um, it's kind of a fantasy. You know, you have of ma- course you have ice spells and fire spells. And, it's a sweet, sweet fantasy, baby. Right. It's fun. Um, I've played it a little bit, but it's it's very uh, overwhelming because every other month you know they have new cards and the the meta changes and what's good and what's not good but anyway that's it's a very competitive game and they have these big tournaments where you can win a lot of money and and a kid won and uh he was uh i think was it taiwan that was kind of or was it hong kong it was hong kong that was going through the Big revolution right before yeah. COVID. Yeah. 
Sorry, you do that to me all the time. So there you go. You you still remember your train of thought. It's good because I I said I didn't want to get into the whole story, but here I am getting into it. Anyway, they suspended this kid because in his victory interview, he said in Chinese, he said something like Hong Kong, free Hong Kong, the revolution of our time, something like that. And they suspended him. They uh, took his money away, his prize money. And it caused a lot of problems because people here in America were saying, why aren't you standing up for basic human rights? And of course, Blizzard put out a very somber, sanctimonious statement during the Black Lives Matter riots. It's been very inconsistent. It's actually led to the unraveling. This company is unraveling before our eyes. Um, they've had a lot of internal problems with... Um, you start to lose your talent. Let's call it frat boy... Frat boy culture. Oh, okay. A lot so they of, got a little bit of a harassment culture? A, uh, more than a little bit, I think. Now, I'm not there. It's hard to know, but let, but the, the state of California, for what that's worth, is actually suing them and investigating them for some pretty serious things. Um, but yeah, they, they, they lost their, they started losing their, their talent or the talent got fat and lazy. And, and they lost their hustle. You know, that, that the, the people that made the games like StarCraft and Warcraft 1, 2, and 3, and the original World of Warcraft, Diablo 1 and 2, and well, maybe 3 as well, those people either are gone or they lost the, the, the need, the, the desire to do great work, and their games just aren't good. They haven't had a hit in years. They haven't had a new game in years. You know, I didn't play a ton of... Uh... Of the massively multiplayer online stuff, I didn't. I didn't really get into that, uh, but I, I did a little bit way early on. You know, two, early two thousands. Starcraft, the original Starcraft, is like excellent. It's such a playable real time strategy game. It you is. go for a couple hours, maybe. <laughs> Depends or, on if you let or your kids three days build up. if you're a Korean kid at an internet cafe. Well, no, but I mean, you can play. You can play a few games in a couple hours, or maybe one big game if you let everybody get built yeah, up. Right. Because, you know, there's the whole, if you really get competitive, the strategy is just to rush them, right? right. You rush, the, you build up as quick as possible and you rush the bad, the bad guy or the enemy or your competitors as quickly as possible and destroy them. But if you, if you let that thing go, get going, there's so many different uh, possibilities. And yeah. it's, not, it's not the type of thing that's so complex that you can't have a really fun time playing it. You know, there's yeah. like a few, there's a, enough strategies and enough ways to counter those strategies that it, it gets exciting, but it's not like, oh, this, my 14-year-old son who knows everything about it, you know. You can come up to speed pretty quick, I guess, is what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, and they also had a, it had a great single-player story campaign, kind of teach you the mechanics of the game, and you get to know these characters that are still really well-liked characters yeah. in the in the. I think you universe. can get it for free on the Blizzard uh app right now the original one might be yeah they, they they did like a remaster where they took all the graphics and vectorized them and updated them because it i mean it was old school yeah and well, it, it, it came out your in eyes what, 1998 or so yeah well anyway well, this isn't where we wanted to to focus our <laughs> ranting but it but it, and i don't even remember where we oh we were talking about china and it's Asian. like a box of chocolates right you never know what you're gonna get bobby it's just there's a lot of irony out there right now as we celebrate civil rights day when so many people in the world are having their civil rights taken away by force it's very typical of the 
of the machine, the regime, the oligarchy here to tell you one thing that's the exact opposite of what's actually going on. Like, oh, you're, we're protecting the rights of the black people by, by doing all this crap when in, really, in reality it's enslaving them and it's enslaving us. Well, just look at the, the rhetoric that, that has been really amped up recently uh, against the quote-unquote unvaccinated, right? They're the, the big bad guy right now. And you can pretty much do anything you want to somebody if they're unvaccinated. Well, I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Hitler that said, what luck for the rulers that the people don't think. <laughs> I, would, I would add to that. What luck for the rulers that the people have such a short memory. I mean, did or did not Spencer Cox come out and say cloth masks don't do a damn thing? Did he say damn? <laughs> no. He used to say wear the damn mask. And now we can say they don't do a damn thing. Yeah, he's, but what he's what see these guys are so slimy. By the way, be, before I forget, I haven't done any homework on this. I just saw some headlines, but apparently over the weekend there was a big party with uh, Klaus Schwab and the WEF cronies that <coughs> Fauci spoke at virtually. Of course, they're very safe and effective people. Uh, the president of China, uh, how do you say his name? Z Z. Xi, Z, something like that. That's why they skipped that right. letter in the Greek alphabet. <laughs> right. And went, went, they went from, from new, because that was confusing, the new variant, to, and, and then it goes new, Xi, Omicron. Yeah. That they Mu, nu, Xi, Omicron. I couldn't P. name one after the Chinese president. I don't know that they'll do the P variant. That's maybe too juvenile, but... Uh, Nothing is below these people. <laughs> but yeah, they got, they got to Omicron and uh, skipped Z. Yeah, but the, these guys are really slimy because what they're saying is, well, yeah, cloth masks don't work for Omicron, but N95s do. I've seen a lot of that. Now you need a fitted N95 and every child should have an N95 and N95 or nothing because Omicron is not to be taken lightly. Oh, and 3M is the only company that produces M95, right. N95 masks, but which is owned, a wholly owned it, subsidiary of Satan Incorporated. And, and in, you know, along with the rhetoric and- Sorry, the, 3M and, makes a lot of good products. So, sorry, I got to backtrack on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but somewhere down the line. <laughs> but well, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure 3M has some pretty good- They're uh, good people there. No compete contracts with the government. I'm sure they've got some good patents. But uh, they're definitely, they're one of those huge multinationals that's ownership is, uh, you can trace back to the, to pro, to the root of the problem. Well, and with the, all this Omicron rhetoric, you have, you know, schools are going remote. Some, in some places, schools are quite, you know, like, like March 2020 are shutting down. Even locally here, we're going remote for a few days to slow the spread and to I guess some of these schools here were so understaffed with people calling in sick that they didn't have people to teach the kids. And it's like, yep, there are a lot of people getting sick right now. Yeah. But, but three years ago, I can't believe we're saying three years ago now, like to say pre-pandemic. Well, it's really two years and a, two two, and a quarter two years. And two but yeah, plus, but. But it wasn't last year. It was the year before now, but, which is the third year. Right. Three years ago. If you woke up with the sniffles and you were a high school teacher or whatever. You were in school. You would go to school. Yeah. If you were a nurse or a doctor or whatever and you had the sniffles, 
or a cold, you would go to school. You would or to work or any other or yeah, you would go to work. You would go any other job. I look, I worked in an office for a long time. People showed up with head colds. No one cared. Mm-hmm. Now let let me let me interject here. Uh, our friend, by the way, I got to give a shout out to our friend Truman, who was on the show a little while ago. He just had a very serious bout with COVID this last week. He tested positive, whether that's what it is or not. But I, you know, he's an interesting situation. He lives at home, work or lives alone, works at home. Okay, so he hasn't been getting out much. Right. <laughs> so I want to say to you people out there. I think this thing can be serious, but I really don't think it's something to be afraid of still, even though I know my friend here had a really tough time with it. And, and Truman, if you want to refute this, I know it was hard, but you've had, you have personally had the experience come, come and set us straight. But my perception of the situation is that we're, we're letting it get over us. We're let, back in the day, we would still go outside. We would still get the air. We'd, we'd be We'd be interacting more often, you know. I think he'd he'd been shut in his apartment, which these apartments that are townhomes, whatever uh, homes that we are manufacturing today are really well sealed, well insulated, and we don't cycle the air very often, right? And you don't get the sun very often if you're stuck inside, and you don't you don't move your body very much if you're sitting down all the time. So so we we created a situation by pouring molasses over everything that that we stop those natural mechanisms that keep us a little more healthy and a little more on track and i think i think that's a part of it i i just want to say from from our friend's experience here that number one if you're starting to feel this come on drink a lot of liquids fluids electrolytes water not necessarily like gatorade not sugary but uh get your Get your vitamins and get your uh, get your electrolytes, get your water, get your fluids going immediately, and uh, immediately start pumping up the levels of vitamin C and vitamin D, and continue to rest and breathe. Okay, and open up your windows and circulate the air and breathe and rest. It, one of the problems with Truman was he wasn't able to get a lot of rest, which made it so that it 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 got above him. It got he got behind the eight ball, so to speak. It it, it there was like a tipping point, right? And so he didn't he didn't necessarily have to go to the hospital, but but some friends intervened. We got him some extra care, a little bit out of the ordinary, and you know, little, <laughs> little uh, medicine that, uh, that works. Ta- taboo medicine it that works, works. You know, it uh, works. So there there was some issue. Truman's got some issues, you know, that that kept kept him from sleeping, and so he had to get. Uh, on top of some of the pain there, and and so if if you're if you're in a situation where you let this get ahead of you, that's a problem. It can be it can be really bad. We we don't know really what it is. I, I like I said, the jury's still out. Early on, I was I was trying to explain to people that they had called it SARS for a reason. Severe acute respiratory syndrome literally is the the medical definition of a severe cold, which it, that. It, We've always severe, with. We, there are levels of severity. Severity can lead to pneumonia. It can lead to hospitalization, right? Right. right. That's always been the case. And what my, my point earlier was that nowadays people are calling in sick when they normally yeah. wouldn't have. And because because everything is so hyped right, right. now. 
But I'm, I'm just saying, it's if not to say I'm not downplaying that people have no, had no, serious no. issues because we've said that all along. Yeah. I think. But what I'm trying to say is, if you feel it coming on, or if you feel something coming on, get ahead of it. Do some things. Take some remedies. Drink the drink more water. Get the electrolytes. Make sure you've got a, a overplus of vitamins in your system. And uh, we linked to on the podcast. Let's see. It was episode 56 on predictions. We linked to Dr. Malone's um, website, and let's see. I think it was maybe it was last week. Might have been our. Might have been a couple weeks ago. Okay, yeah, it was last week, episode fifty-seven. We linked to Dr. Malone's website and some COVID nineteen early treatments. Because remember, that's the thing that has been going on with the media and the government is nobody's talking about early treatments. No one's where, talking where about are any, you, any Except treatments. here on the Mind Virus <laughs> show, where are you hearing about what to do? You know, get out there, take more vitamin C than you think you should. Like, you, normally you take like 1,000 or 2,000 milligrams a day if you're really into it, right? Uh, look at these COVID-19 treatments on episode 57 that, that Dr. Malone and these other doctors have, have recommended. They're talking about like 4,000 milligrams of vitamin C or 5,000 milligrams of vitamin C twice a day. One of the friends of the podcast mentioned, he's like, I take a thousand milligrams every hour until I start to feel better. <laughs> you know, we are not doctors. We are not financial <laughs> advisors. Please take our advice with a right. Grain this is of just salt. what I would do. This Lawyers. is just... This is just what I would do. We're not telling you what to do, but we're telling you there is a vacuum of information but, out there. So go ahead and start. But what you're These saying, are things that really can't hurt you. Vitamin D2. Vitamin, take vitamin D3. Not D2. D2. Vitamin D in addition to what right. you're doing. Take more right. than you think you normally would. Like take a week's worth in one shot and then do it again the next day because this is helping people. What you're saying is is advice that has always been given for cold and flu like symptoms. Right, just but never Forever. never never in such with such intensity. Nobody's but, ever come out and said, "No, you need to really really well, really take I'm a lot more vitamin C." Pre-pandemic, these these were the types of things when yeah, you got, were say, sick, this, chicken soup, get rest, right. get fluids, fluids orange rest, juice, vitamins. lots of vitamin C, lots of vitamin D. Now, throw ivermectin into the mix. Now, now. those are f- verboten those words we're not allowed to say those words and it's labeled misinformation and misinformation is dangerous we've talked a lot about why we think that is throughout the course of the year you know year plus of this it's just interesting now that it it's <laughs> omicron and and it doesn't so many people are sick right now. Yeah. But if you're starting and, to feel it, if you're starting right. to feel it, do it early. Do it early and keep but doing now, it. But now that, now that so many people are sick, and I don't really know if more people are sick than a normal cold and flu season or if just more people are talking about it. They're right? worried about it, yeah. But now you have this sort of, you have a lot of these governments and these public health departments basically basically throwing their hands in the air and saying there's nothing more we can do and and a lot of them are still blaming the behavior of people i mean even mm-hmm. even utah yeah cox came out and said uh there's cloth masks don't work but the n95s do he he said if you have mild symptoms don't go get tested which is good advice actually 
Right. But they've but they spent the last it, two years scaring people, oh, which is what you're trying to explain. Hammering, hammering, testing, 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 yeah. vax, vax, See? vax. The only reason he's saying it is because they have no longer have the ability to test people. They're out of tests. They they people are waiting in four or five hour lines to get their nose swabbed. Right. Instead of just the same advice that we've had for a thousand years, if you're sick enough to stay home, then stay home and do these things. But they're not telling people to do that. They're not, they're saying if you're sick, stay home, stay home, but they're not saying, and then do these things. They have no, they, they refuse to recommend healthy lifestyles. And that's been true all over the world, except for Ecuador. Ecuador put out a commercial recently, we'll have to find it linked to it, that said, get healthy, exercise, eat right, get outside in the fresh air, take your, take your vitamins and your supplements, do these things. It's the first government uh, that I've seen that has said, there's things you can do that are inexpensive that, and that are effective in helping yourself fight off common diseases, common viruses that we deal with every day of our lives. Well, and this has gone on since the beginning of time. The reason we call Feb- February the month of February is because in French it's février and in Latin that comes out of Latin, uh it's related to the fevers that people would have. I got a fever. <laughs> that that uh lack of vitamin D, sunlight, uh, good, healthy food that's been produced during the, you know, that's fresh during the summer, that would cause people towards the end of winter to start feeling sick. We've right. always had seasonal illnesses. And you're absolutely right. That's absent. And I think your, your big point is that they caused this. And the question of who, why, and why now is, a, is an important topic, right? Because a lot of really smart people have been saying, let's just handle this like normal and we'll be fine. But they scared people into this mass psychosis that uh, Dr. Malone brought to the forefront. And by the way, he doesn't did a, exist. There's no mass formation psychosis. He did a really psychosis. good article refuting all the hit pieces. There's no mass formation psychosis. They told that to me on the television. <laughs> I'm thankful for the safe and effective truth that there is no mass formation psychosis. It's incredibly dangerous for our democracy. I'd like to bear my testimony that I know this psychosis is true. Um, they, they, uh, there were a lot of hit pieces against even the idea of mass formation psychosis, and uh, Dr. Malone had to write a re- rebuttal where he cited all the academic evidence. Yeah, it's, it's not, not even, like he's an idiot. It's not even Dr. Malone's theory or something he came up with. He was citing another researcher. Well, well-accepted right. research material. Going all the way they back were, to somebody that we've talked about, Charles Mackey, who started the discussion in the 1800s on on the uh, what's it called? The crowds, the uh, madness of crowds. Madness of crowds. Yeah, where he said, "Crowd men go crowd. mad in herds and come to their senses one right. by one." And we're seeing right. the one by one really start to accelerate. More and more people are saying, "Nah, not this time. Not this time." When the governments are trying to reimpose lockdowns and closures and yeah. cancellations, but there's still that that thirty percent of the public, that, or twenty five percent. You you sent me uh, an op ed from the Salt Lake Tribune, where they, I mean, it was devilish. This op ed from the Salt Lake Tribune, and there have been a lot of people, even on the left, 
refuting it. But it shows there was also a poll out that uh, half of Democrat voters wanted to put uh, the non-vaxxed in concentration camps. And what that shows is uh, that there's a militant portion of that that 20, 25% of people that are willing to do some really bad things. And that's about 10, what would you say, it, about 12% of the country? What it says is that there are tyrants, murderers, and thugs among us, among our neighbors. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not trying to to make you like uh, rat out your neighbor or something, but because but that's what they're trying to get to happen, and they're they're everywhere. They're among us, and and it is a little bit frightening. I think it might be a bit overstated, but it's frightening when a when a major newspaper, although one with fewer subscribers than a lot of teenagers on Twitch and YouTube, I think the last time I saw a subscriber count for the Salt Lake Tribune, it was something like thirty six thousand. You know, there's 3.3 million people in Utah, about 2.2 million adults. Right. They they didn't even just want to put the the unvaxed in um, concent, concentration camps. They wanted to force vaccinations upon them. They wanted to forcibly well, inoculate people with the military and using they, the military. They yeah. said, that, "Well, we'll we'll read it." But there's two there's two things that really stood out. For, one thing is the article is a hit piece on. Spencer Cox and the Republicans in Utah. And I don't, I don't, as much as I clown on Cox, I don't think that's fair because COVID failures have, have failed everywhere, no matter who's in charge. Spencer Cox and Gary Herbert before him and Angela Dunn and the new epidemiologist, I can't ever remember her name, Nolan, I think. Uh, that's her last name. And all the mayors you know, Aaron Mendenhall, what's the other one's name? Jenny Wilson. These people have all failed. Jenny Wilson and Aaron Mendenhall are Democrats. Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County haven't fared any better than Utah County. But it, so it's just a partisan hit piece. It's, it's weak. It's written like a 14-year-old a in a civics class trying to be, you know, edgy or something it's absurd but it's signed by it's sanctimoniously signed by the entire editorial board because no one would put their name to this <laughs> but there's 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 if you're on the board oh my gosh there's a, a line that the guy kind of got lost in the um you know the 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 line about the military forcing vaccines got the major play but i loved this he, they say instead and instead of like basic common sense good mitigation measures instead we were left to listen to various forms of foolishness and misinformation promises of being rescued by everything from a bleach cocktail to horse dewormers to most recently drinking our own urine hmm. like I, look i'm pretty i've been pretty uh involved in the uh alternative uh health. Al alternative health alt health the alt health especially with COVID, and I've never heard anything about urine ever. I have no idea where that came from. Of course, the horse dewormer is a yeah. disingenuous reference to ivermectin. I have actually read about the urine drinking, but uh, it's one of those things where you go, hmm, nah, let's try something else. <laughs> right. It reminded me of a video I saw maybe 15 years ago when the internet was still maturing nope. in... in, in <laughs> There was a monkey just peeing into its own mouth. 
was, it was amazing. It's like Dune and uh, <laughs> recycling the water, <laughs> right? And you know that monkey probably didn't get COVID, but um, and then of course the bleach is a is a is another disingenuous reference to Trump's comment, which he never said. Drink bleach had nothing yeah. to do with that. Well, let me explain the urine thing, just okay. because you're on it. Because it sounds really crazy. But I'm not on the urine thing. I don't this, drink my own urine. Neither do I. Here's this. Here's the uh, the, the the very very brief deliberately sci- anyway. deliberately brief scientific uh, overview of the idea. The idea is that your urine, your, your kidneys are really good filters, and your urine actually is sterile, right? And in survivalist sure. situations, that people will drink their urine, right? That's uh, you yeah bear grills got famous doing that do that on yeah so he's actually drank his own urine if you if you're a fan of bear grills he did it uh well anyway the idea is that your body when it's not feeling well or whatever produces all kinds of mechanisms that are going to help your help you and the, the extra ends up getting cycled out right and so that that ends up in your urine and so if you drink it you put it back into your body and you create again an overplus or a surplus of just take extra vitamin C. <laughs> That's what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheap. But it, that, that, the idea is that it is sterile and that it, it, it creates that whatever it is you need, your body is producing it and, it and it has it in abundance so much so that it comes out in your urine. So you put it back in. Now, again, there's better ways. Vitamin C and vitamin D were readily available <laughs> for now. But the, the stock up. The, 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 on this topic, I, ha- I had to clip. Clip that uh, that that spot, and I, I I tweeted to the trib. I said, "You have it wrong, SL trib. I didn't drink my own urine. I drank the urine of a dewormed horse mixed with a Tide Pod. And guess what? I beat COVID. So suck it." <laughs> <laughs> nice. But they, Do you feel better after that. <laughs> I just they just needed to be clowned a little bit. But in the comments on that article, or at least the Twitter thread, they're getting it's almost universally. Uh, been denounced, yeah. Denounced, and it's gotten denounced on the national stage. I think the trib. I don't even know if they really believe what they wrote. I maybe they do because Why they did, they I have mean, a long history of being really, really just just adolescently partisan. But that's a good way to put it. What they wrote. I, I mean, it's gotten people talking about them. I mean, it's a it's a paper that no one cares well, about. Well, I remarked to you, I was like, why is it that Utah's always in the news for doing stupid crap? <laughs> right. I mean, that's the only way we make the natural national news is by being blithering idiots. They, they might have a case if it was it was completely obvious that Democrat strongholds throughout the country, big cities and wherever, were doing so much better with COVID cases and that Omicron wasn't even present, but everywhere you look, it doesn't matter. Cases are up right now. Testing is up. Worrying is up. I keep saying this and I, I think I'm going to come back to it again. We are witnessing the death throes, the death convulsions oh, it is. Yeah. of this. And it's getting really, really ugly. Ugly, ugly enough yeah. where let's read the actual line now that the, the Trib wrote because it's low. It is loaded. It is really loaded. So it's getting so ugly that you have editorial boards of a prestigious. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's a paper that was going bankrupt and failing and almost, <clears throat> almost went away. You know who owns it, though? You know who bailed out the Salt Lake Tribune? Well, it's the Huntsman's, right? The Huntsman family. Right. And that's Zero Hedge poses the question on their 
headline. They say, Utah's largest newspaper calls for unvaxxed to endure draconian lockdowns enforced by National Guard. Does the Huntsman family want civil war? Question mark. Right. It's a good question. Which is a question we have posed of the oligarchs for a long time here on the Mind Virus show. So Zero Hedge, very astute observation. Go ahead. They must listen. They must be listening to the show. Tyler Durden, hello. <laughs> Here, here's the line. This, is, this was the closing line of the, this editorial. Were Utah a truly civilized place? The governor's next move, move would be to find a way to mandate the kind of mass vaccination campaign we should have launched a year ago, going as far as to deploy the National Guard to ensure that people without proof of vaccination would not be allowed, well, anywhere. What are they, 13? I mean, if Utah were truly civilized, uh, you know, if civilization is tanks in the street, I'm happy, happy to be a barbaric, a, a, bar, a barbaric third a barbaric world country. hellhole, backwater They're, piss pot. They are clearly pushing for that. It, it, the, the, the level of uh, untruth going on right now is... It's, it's, it's got to be the most epic. It, well, I don't know. It's, we, we've been through some pretty weird times during the history of this world. But like literally, but this there, is there, was news out, there was news out that Russia was going to, the, the U.S. government was warning that Russia was going to stage a false flag to try to cause a conflict over yeah, there in, in Ukraine. In, Who wants the conflict? Right. We want a war so bad here in the U.S. Our, our guys want a war so bad. Well, that's what... Those people, right? Those warmongering people, like in the past, like Paul Wolfowitz, who's kind of flies under the radar, or Dick Cheney, and the press, and all of these warmongering senators. That's what they're. That's their lifeblood is do you, do you, war. That's how it gives them power. It gives them money. It right. gives do them you control. remember a, a man named uh, James Madison? The a little a little known uh, country bumpkin. The man who was uh, largely credited with writing the Constitution, that one? The, one, the Constitution of the United States prior to right. all the crap. Do you know he was like 5'2"? Really? He was a short dude? There's a, in Philadelphia, if you can make it there without getting stabbed, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> there's a really cool museum where the Liberty Bell is. And, yeah. Was and this in the movie National Treasure? I don't know. I, I, just, I went there. I, I was there. Okay, I've been, at, I've no. been to the Liberty Bell. Uh-huh. It's a national park type of a thing. Yeah, with armed guards wearing yeah. ranger hats. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's some really cool history in Philadelphia. and Downtown area. Philadelphia. Independence Hall. Philadelphia has some great stuff. It's just the city's falling apart. We were there uh, when I was a kid and uh, parked across the street from the fire station. Our car got broken into. Yeah. Across the street from the... Actually, it was the fire station or the police station? Anyway, it was like right there where yeah, it well, shouldn't have been broken into. <laughs> Police aren't going to worry about your car. <laughs> right now, they're not worrying about anything. But I, I went there in 2010 or so. And then mm -hmm. I was there. I was there right before the COVID-19 scare. I was there in January 2020. In fact, we joke, the guys I was with, there was a guy on the plane. Both directions. He was on our plane hacking like crazy just like worse than me on this podcast he but he just, tested negative 
There was no or testing. No, no, this, then. Okay, this, this is was before. before, and we joke now. We're like that guy was that guy was ground zero. That was patient zero. We knew him, but you didn't get it. <laughs> no, no. But anyway, at, in Philadelphia, there there's a museum that has life size sculptures of the founding fathers. And James Madison, I have a picture somewhere of me and James Madison, and I'm I'm not a big dude. I look like a linebacker next to this <laughs> statue of James Madison. Anyway, carry on. I like Madison. Well, he was responsible for the Federalist Papers, and when anytime you mention the Federalist Papers, you need to also mention that uh, there was a set of papers called the Anti-Federalist Papers, which right. had a lot of good context for what they really thought they were doing. Because right now the Constitution is... They'll say one, irrelevant. It, well, it's not just that it's irrelevant. They'll like say that it's in the Constitution. Right. Say this is what this means. It's like using the Bible to justify everything. killing your neighbor. Right. Yeah, justify everything. Anyway, Madison, a great mind, said this of war, of all the evils to public liberty, war is perhaps the most to be dreaded because it comprises and develops every other. Okay. People don't think and talk like they used to. So let me say that one more time. Of all the evils to public liberty, war is perhaps the most to be dreaded because it comprises and develops every other. Every other what? Every other evil. Okay, if you that's the problem with the American mind right now is you can't remember the start of the sentence. And I right. know the listeners of the Mind Virus podcast are, are above average, but I just want to Can emphasize... You make a TikTok out of that? ...that it comprises and develops all other evils. War does. War is the parent of armies. And from these proceed debts and taxes. And armies and debts and taxes are the known instruments for bringing the many under the dominion of the few. Let that sink in. He doesn't say... What a, what a white supremacist. He doesn't say something about like uh, bureaucracies or he doesn't say like tyrants. He doesn't say... Um, COVID or, you know, disease or whatever. He says that armies and debts and taxes are the known instruments for bringing the many under the dominion of the few. Well, and the enemies of liberty understand and probably agree with him, and that's why they use war. Everything is a war now, right? War on poverty, war on drugs, war on racism. War on domestic terrorism, war on international terrorism, war on COVID. It's all war, 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 because they can couch everything in these combat the terms, w emergency terms. Yeah, emergencies. And look at all the damage that's been done with this pandemic response. It's all been done in the name of emergency and war. But metaphorical or bureaucratic wars aren't good enough for these people. They no. need they, they need, want a real they war. need death. They need destruction. They need to lay waste to cities because that's who they are. They they've been really uh effective at getting changes done via things like the war on drugs or the war on poverty. They've been able to get a lot done. And how how much was the CARES Act? Was it 1.5 trillion or 3 trillion? How much did we how how far in the hole did we go when we got scared out of our pants due to COVID? Uh, it was a lot, mid but a lot more has been spent. I think, what's the bill right now? Yeah, like but the bill, 30 trillion or something? The debt? No, I mean the COVID spending like bill. The, the number of dollars have been spent is I thought it, I don't insanity. know. Insanity. 
I don't know, but that's the thing is they they pass a bill and early on they'll say it's like 1.5 trillion. We can we can manage that, but then it ends up being 10 times right like the tarp bailout. Well, then they it say was 800 billion. It ends up like seven trillion dollars. Then they say dollars. things like the cost of it is zero because we already paid for it. Right. Well, <laughs> the the point is they need they need the the legislature to agree because that's the mechanism by which the people supposedly agree. And then you give them all this money and then they use it against us in, in a variety of ways that we could never have imagined. So the cat is already out of the bag with the CARES Act. That's what I'm saying. They've been able right. to do a ton of damage with that money and they're always doing that damage to us. They're using our money, quote unquote, our money against us once they get it passed through Congress. But if they can get an honest to goodness shooting war, man, all bets are off. You think you think $3 trillion or $10 trillion or $30 trillion? I mean, we're... We're talking universe altering. If World War II was was massive, but the people were not in the same fragile mental state that they are today. And so, if they can get that war, man, we're talking about all of the post apocalyptic apocalyptic movies, literature, all of it. Well, Everything is on the table, like in actual reality, the, not just metaphoric. The hot wars, the shooting wars, have all taking place somewhere else if you live here in America, right? The bureaucratic wars are largely domestic wars. They want to change that. I, I really think you're right. You've been saying this for a long time. I think they want a shooting war inside the United States among Americans. Or they'll just allow or orchestrate you know, an invading army. Yeah, they'd be ha glad to have China, Russia, the UN, anybody. Anybody. Let's just anybody start a war. That's what we're begging. And we're begging for one that's not on the scale of the Gulf War, Korea, Vietnam, whatever. We want, well, they want massive war. Right. They've got these nukes. They're itching to use them. They're itching to, do, to, to destroy stuff and be able to build more. Last few days, I've been kind of want, want, wondering what it would be like to just be in survival mode, like in a post-war or during a war Mm -hmm. where you're just on your own surviving in the mountains. And I like to think I could last a long time. Mm -hmm. It's not fun. But, you know, watching a few YouTube videos or, you know, going camping a few times doesn't mean you're ready to actually live out there in the elements. No. Living off the land and with what you've got on your back. But no, we might get there. Our, in our lifetime, we might get to that point or some well, point like that. Or we'll just live, uh, we'll just pass each other cigarettes in the internment camps. <laughs> no, th th then it's over. We've got to fight. <laughs> anyway, uh, we've we got to switch gears here and start talking about well, Free Guy. But I want to segue. I yeah, know. let's let's segue. We've got to talk about some user comments too, or user comments, uh, listener comments. But go ahead. What's your segue? Well, I mean, just saying the segue in, in, in you know, shifting over to Free Guy is... Free Guy is a is a movie about a world where a uh, creator class and oligarchy is con that controls a world is trying to destroy that world and people wake up to that fact and mm -hmm. decide to do something about it. Yeah, real quick, just uh, want to give a shout out to Dr. Nick Riviera. Hey, Dr. Nick. Hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, Kenny. Uh, who hasn't commented in a while. Thanks for listening and thanks for, for commenting on the website. Also, uh, Dimitri commented again as uh, suggested since he has Russian 
Russian knowledge that uh, the rest of us do not have. He, he pointed out uh, some interesting information about the Russian Orthodox Church and when they celebrate Christmas and uh, kind of how that works and what it's like over in the Soviet Union or in, in Russia, which is no longer the Soviet Union. But uh, some interesting dynamics there. So go check that out on the website. Thanks, everybody, for using the website. Got to love this uh, meme <laughs> of Dr. Malone where he says, I don't always lose a million followers on Twitter, but when I do, I gain 50 million views on Rogan. Well, the, Dos Equis, the cancelers, those ads are great. The cancelers just can't help themselves. You know what the best way to make something go away is? Stop talking about it. Ignore it. What, you know, which they did to Ron just Paul. Just look at the uh, Ghislaine Maxwell case. <laughs> That's right. Or that guy That's that right. drove through the Christmas parade in Wisconsin, right? They just, oh, jeez. They, no. bl- they black hole these things. They memory hole them. And we or the never... Las Vegas shooting. Right. That's interesting. You would think they would have made a bigger deal out of that, but something weird happened there. That is worth we're, talking we're, that's about That's worth a, an episode, isn't it? We got to go do it like, some research. It is one of the most bizarre... I, I watched those press conferences live. I don't remember what where I was at in my life that meant I could watch a lot of daytime news, but they were the most bizarre press conferences. They interviewed this, the alleged shooter's brother. Mm-hmm. And I think he had cocaine on his nose. Like <laughs> and he was wild and the stuff he was saying was wild. And you could tell like real time. They were like, what have we done? <laughs> we should never have put him on the we air. We put him on live television. <laughs> and then one day it was just, Gone. gone not a word yeah. ever since and the, the circumstances around that are bizarre and you don't even have to get into some of the conspiracy theories about it just on its face it is bizarre and really the, bizarre yeah and then the end result of all the uh, the public uh what would you say the the public official outcry meaning that amongst the elected officials where they it looked like they were going to make a big move on gun control the best they could do was Bump stocks. Uh, bump stocks, yeah. Which which is good that they couldn't go much farther than that. But right. they're really an uncommon piece of equipment that hardly anybody yeah. has. Yeah, I don't think most just normal kind of gun owners even knew what they were, how they worked, or why would they want one. If you know what a bump stock is without Googling, please explain it on the, on the podcast <laughs> uh, comments. At well, mindvirus.show. One more thing. The Supreme Court did rule on the uh, mandates and we got kind of a a, a little bit wishy-washy more that vindicates Jordan's uh yeah Jordan's prediction that they were going to rule in favor of the people on that one and they did mostly if you're right. a healthcare worker you're hosed right there's still a lot of problems with it and it's but they the, struck the, down the, the OSHA mandate the incremental Yet steady march toward digital ID is is ongoing. Yeah. And when I mean digital ID, I don't mean a digital version of your driver's license. I mean a social credit system. I mean a you need to pass these arbitrary tests, whatever they might be, if they're COVID tests or ideological tests, to yeah. go watch your favorite basketball team play yeah what whatever the that checklist is and it could get long yeah look up the chinese social credit scoring system it's out there you can look it up well they even developed some apps that were focused on 
keeping people's attention on the state. So you you would gain points in the app by reading about Chairman Z or reading right. about the uh, or, the communist or watching propaganda. Spencer Cox's inaugural speech. Yeah, you would get points for that, and then that would boost your credit score, which would allow you to buy plane tickets or get on trains. Go to, I mean, they're they're serious about that. Well, the Vax Pass is now live in Washington D.C. France is instituting a very aggressive one. I saw a remarkable propaganda ad from Australia, where these two girls—they're apparently dating, although one is much older than the other. It's kind of weird and creepy. It's hard to tell because they've got masks on each other. Oh, oh, oh. Of course. Right? I should have known that. But they have masks on, so it's kind of hard to ascertain their age, but they want to go to see a movie together. And they show up to buy tickets, and only one of them has a Vax Pass. And the ticket taker says, I, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't let you in. And the older, seeming older of the she of the, the wiser couple, one with the pass? She has the pass, of course. And when she shows her pass, it has a birth date. And I don't know if this was deliberate or it's just a random screen grab of their green pass or whatever they're calling it. But it shows that she was born in 1975, which would make her 46 years old. And she says to her partner, well, the partner says, my parents haven't allowed me to get the vaccine yet, which would indicate that she's a minor. That is another... And oh. the... Girl with the past. How subtle and how evil. The girl with the past says, well, here in Australia, you you don't need parental permission if you're over 14. Let's go get your shot right now. We'll make it a vax date. And they clasp hands and go off and she gets the shot. Very, just the the propaganda. It's got everything. It's got everything. And of course, the person who gives them the shot is an ethnic person with some rap. I don't know if it's like, it looks almost like a... um, like a Malaysian type Muslim, right? Mm-hmm. Not not a middle, middle Eastern Muslim, but mm-hmm. Southeastern Asian. But it's got it all. It's got you know, defy your parents. It's got trans, not transgender, uh, uh, alternative lifestyle. It and and of course the vax, and it's just totally normal that to go see Spider Man. Well, they have masks on. Oh, so you can't tell. <laughs> it's a very bizarre thing. It was paid for by the government of Australia. Oh, and, really? It says governmental. Yeah. And we, we will, I'll find a, at least the tweet to it. I think I, I try to like tweets that uh, I just want to bookmark, but here we are. Let's talk about some propaganda well, free, that we free like. Free Guy. Let's, you ready to switch to Free Guy? Yeah. How long have we been going? Uh, an hour. One hour into it. I'll make a note that one hour into it. 50, 54 minutes and seven seconds, if you want to be precise. 54 minutes in seven seconds. Well, I don't know. Do we want people to listen to this? Should I try and trick them into it? Like, do you want to do like a little sponsorship shout out or something right now? Uh, we don't have any sponsors. Uh, this show is <laughs> brought to you by Pfizer. <laughs> oh, there was some big news with uh, Anthony Fauci. So a couple weeks ago, we alluded that Project, Project Veritas was going to drop some documents. They did. There are military papers that, uh, again, nothing, these things get memory hold instantly and nothing will ever come of it, but pretty shocking revelations. Uh, I'm, and I'm talking about brought to you by Pfizer because it made me think of 
Fauci and Fauci's financial disclosures were quote unquote leaked. Um, guy makes a lot of money uh, in things that are non-government related. And he's also the wealthiest or the highest paid government employee. Anyway, let's, let's do shift gears. Let's talk about Free Guy because it's super relevant. It's a fun movie. And there's a lot of esoteric things in that movie. So I got a few, I got a few uh, prefaces here. Because I did do my homework and watch it and took notes. Okay. Now, I know you've seen it a couple of times, but you did not watch it recently, so it's not fresh in your mind? Or how, I watched how recently? it somewhat recently. Somewhat recently? Okay. And the, the second time I watched it, you know, I, I was watching it to- To pay attention. Pay attention a little okay. bit more. And I've got the script here pulled up. One of the, one of the first- uh, <laughs> The thing that segues this from where we're at right now into Free Guy is that it's this world- where all hell is breaking loose, yet all these people are walking around as if nothing is happening, like as if it's not the apocalypse. And they're just kind of going along to get along and, you know, don't have a good day, have a great day. Right. And oh, this coffee, it's like, <laughs> what does he say? It's like my tongue had a baby with the sunrise. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the news anchor on TV says, Sunday should be warm and sunny with just a scattering of drive-bys. Great day for the beach, but not Hitman's Beach, which will be mined and sprayed with high-caliber fire from a renegade gunship. <laughs> like, that is such a great commentary on where the world is at right now. Like, literally, we are, there are people out there, like, accepting as normal, like the Australian commercial right. of the girls, things that are just... The word coming to mind involve a bat and then bat feces well, and then crazy. The people accepting it. Bat guano crazy. The people accepting it in the movie are NPCs. They're non-player characters. They're literally programmed to live their life a certain way. They they're have, programmed? Have they been watching programming? They're, they're literally programmed by programmers. So let's let's back up. Okay, let's, okay, I got more prefaces. Can I can oh, I give okay. my more prefaces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here I'm pulling out my notes. Okay, <clears throat> I think I think we we don't know for sure. Oh, by the way, we had a a listener post a couple of podcasts ago. I think it was 56. Sort of a I got a shout out to this guy, whoever it is. And they're probably not our typical podcaster, but they posted this guy's Soul Logos is the guy's name. And he says, you might enjoy this track. This is on episode 56. And he has a track called Mind Virus on SoundCloud that was sort of a rap, but a soft rap. What oh, do yeah? we call that? It's kind I of like that comment. It's kind of like how yacht rock is to rock. <laughs> this is that way to rap. Okay. okay. So it's it's not offensive rap. It's about a mind virus, and I thought okay. it was pretty interesting. I, list, I listened to it, and I don't know if our show inspired that or if they just have, have uh, wanted to make a connection there because they think it's a mind virus going on too or whatnot. But hey, Soul Logos, thanks for posting on our website. And if you're interested, listeners, listen to uh, this, this uh, listener's SoundCloud mind virus. Awesome. Uh, composition. It's really, I, I missed that. It's comment. really good. But anyway, uh, I was going to make a comment about our our viewership here because I think my 
my spidey sense tells me that it's predominantly a Mormon or LDS audience. Uh, I, I would say Mormon even. People who are strong enough in their Mormon views to be able to claim the title Mormon in the face of the fact that there are people out there that don't want you to say you're a Mormon anymore. <laughs> even though there was a big media campaign about five or six years ago about being Mormon. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. So anyway, no, I, you're probably right. I, I think our, our audience, this is my first preface is mostly Mormon. However, I don't think they're necessarily prepared for some of the symbolism that I think is in this show because they may not be, I know some of the, the people that I know that we've discussed a lot of this with are prepared for some of the symbolism because it's more esoteric. You, Bobby, may be on the fringe of that, but there are probably some people out there that are not, not prepared because you still have in your mind a lot of the I usually, principles. I usually am on the fringe. Well, you, but you, you humor me in some of my, because I'm over the fringe. If there's a fence there and you're sitting on it, I'm over on the other side of it, right? I don't know about Throw, that. Am I throwing rocks over into the other? I don't know what I'm doing. Or standing on the fence yelling at people? You're, uh, the, you're the guy in home, in home in, uh, Tim the Tool Time tool man what was that show called uh, tim home taylor improvement. home improvement yeah the neighbor you'd only ever see his eyes <laughs> and he said he goes to him for advice yeah is that you <laughs> is that me i don't know maybe so i'm behind the fence and you can only see my eyes uh i feel like i'm i feel like that guy i can't remember his name i feel like he was more composed and less agitatable agitable well that was the whole shtick of the show right that he was Tim, like a calm Tim, the tool man influence was, on Tim. Was kind of a dumb dumb man. He needed you know, some like brute. life. He needed oh, some oh, life oh, advice. Oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, his wife keeps him <laughs> somewhat civilized. That's the old stereotype trope of the you know, the sitcoms is the man's a fat idiot and the wife keeps the whole household together. Yeah. But Well but anyway, I'm just go saying on. <laughs> there is I just want to say there is some really interesting stuff. In Free Guy, and I was I was somewhat dreading. I wasn't really dreading watching it again, but uh, and I'm not sure how far we can actually go on the podcast because if you don't have the context for this, I'm talking to the people that I don't know out there. Sure, but but that are Mormon, and you need to identify yourselves and ask questions on the website because if you don't have the context, some of the stuff that I am telling you, even though I believe it to be very important and buried deep within the psyches of the human race because they these are concepts that are resonant with humanity. If you're stuck on some of the the really traditional plan of salvation stuff, like if 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 that episode we did on war a while back gave you heartburn, there's stuff here in Free Guy that you're not prepared to hear. And so I want I want to throw that out there because there is some very very esoteric hidden material in fact you might call them keys. Oh, what was the name of the main creator character? Did you catch that? His name is Walter McKees, and they call him Keys. That's the guy. That's, the, not, not, that's not the Ryan Reynolds character. That's the guy that created the Ryan Reynolds character, who is known as Guy. Free right. Guy. Anyway, there are keys in there, and they're esoteric, and they're hidden. And when, when they are doing sort of a, uh, an, uh, they, they start the show, but then they, they, it's, it's sort of 
in media rests, right? It's in the middle of the, it starts like the Odyssey in the middle of the story a little bit because there's backstory about the the guy and the girl who create the the world. And that gets filled in a little bit as you go. But uh, they, there's an interview done with the guy and the girl with a, uh, a lady journalist and, and they're talking about their previous... Um, because the name of the world is called the name of the video game that they're caught in is called Free City, right? right. Well, the the one they wanted to make, the guy and the girl, is called Life Itself, and uh, well, they we, made it. They made the game, and they were getting interviewed about it, like at a games conference, well, right? Yeah, and then they, yeah, they and sold the rights, right? But she was asked, she was asking Walter or Keys McKee, <laughs> how could you be any more obvious Keys. than that? Keys play, played by um, Walter quote Keys McKees, right? <laughs> played he, by the actor who is Steve in uh, the whole audience is screaming the name of the show. Um, I don't know. Uh, Stranger I've never Things seen it before. He's Stranger in Stranger Things. Things. Okay, my right. kids want me to watch Stranger Things. It's, it's fun. Okay. Well, anyway. I get a lot of homework from people. I even get it from my kids. Right. But I don't have time to do all this stuff. I got to finish some of my projects and maybe I can fill in the blanks and stop watching just... I, I, tr- I told you, I tried to watch... I'm, I've been trying to watch things that just will distract your mind and then I watch oh, I Cowboys and Aliens and it turns out that's all got all kinds of crazy symbolism in it. Uh, okay, so it's, it's hard to not find it because it's resonant within the human psyche. Oh, that's what I'm trying to tell you. And I don't, my next point, my next preface point is I don't think that the people who wrote this intentionally did it. I don't think they understood exactly what they did. I I think they understood it on a certain level, but there is so much deeper stuff in there that they probably didn't realize they put in that probably got channeled through the muses and they, and they did, they did some no, no stuff. They, they, they inverted some things. And in the end, (laughs) it works for the other team in a lot of ways, but so, so I am saying that this, I don't think that this was intentional, but I think it was, uh, that they knew a lot of, they knew some stuff, but they didn't knew, know half of what they put in it on accident. It's directed by Sean Levy. I did a little research on the guy, written by the writer. Written by Matt Lieberman and Zach Penn, who I don't know offhand. They just don't. They don't have very much to their credit. They don't have. There's not a lot of material to say. Hey, these guys really know what they're talking about. Maybe they do. Uh, Lieberman sounds like he's uh, from Jewish background, right? So maybe he has some interesting esoteric just, background, but he just doesn't have a lot of other credits. Yeah, a few. He's he wrote. Um, he's, he's at least credited as being a writer on the Adams family, Scooby. Yeah. He's just, like they just of, not a lot of, this is this, this free guy would be by far, by far his biggest credit. Yeah, for sure. Well, anyway, when, when, when the two are getting interviewed by the woman at the game conference there, she asks them what motivates them, what gets you up in the morning. And Walter Keys McKee says, well, code. And then he starts talking about how he wants to see the NPCs interact and he says, but it's all zeros and ones. They're really hidden messages is what he says. And that's where they introduce him as Walter Keys McKee. So what I'm trying to tell you guys is if you're coming from a more traditional LDS gospel doctrine background, some of the stuff 
resonates, but you don't know why, and you're going to have a hard time fitting it into the paradigm. And we have not spent a lot of time showing how genius, and I mean that in a cosmic way, Joseph Smith was with all of his teachings, and we haven't spent a lot of time unwinding them to show how Mormon tradition has modified them to be slightly off but we but what we do have in mormonism is this idea that you the individual are not just here for no good reason the gods aren't just trifling with you that you're supposed to walk the path that all the other gods have and go from a small degree from a great degree to a greater degree, from grace to grace, from exaltation to exaltation, until you can sit down to dwell with those gods who dwell in everlasting burnings. That's the April 7th, 1844 King Follett Address. That's Joseph Smith. I'm not making that stuff up. We're the, we're the one Christian denomination that believes in the progression of the soul from where we're at to the throne of God to be nothing less than a glorious, fiery being like your father in heaven and your mother in heaven. And that's, that's where we start to lose it because over time— the Mormon teachings got watered down, and we, we kept that idea most, mostly alive until the 90s, but it's really fallen off in the last 20 years. And, but you, you don't understand there were significant modifications, even since the era of Brigham Young, where, where we don't see the full extent of it, but, they, but the truths show up in the movies and in the literature, and it's not always perfect, okay? Free Guy's not perfect. None, none of these shows are really perfect. The Matrix isn't perfect, but there's so much that comes out that teaches us about who we really are and the types of conflicts and uh, experiences, uh, th- the things that we might go through and the things we might encounter in the actual reality that we inhabit outside of this fallen world. Those, those things make it in there, but we, we don't have a really good basis for putting it all together. But we do at least have a good starting point with Joseph Smith in the King Follett discourse. So anyway, Bobby, those are my prefaces. Right. I will now sit back. I and, will. And, and I, I'm going to try and I'm going ha- to have a hard time figuring <laughs> out what to say and what not no, to say. No, we're just going to say it. Because I want to get, no, but I want to give like, 40 hours well, worth of exposition on the background here because there are so many things so that Zach, are important in Zach this movie. Zach Penn is credited with the, store, with the screenplay on Free Guy, and he has a little bit more robust uh, resume. He, he's worked on The Avengers, uh, The Incredible Hulk, okay, well, X-Men there's your Last link. Stand. I didn't look into this guy. Fantastic Four. He kind of had his big break with The Last Action Hero. He wrote that. Okay. So... Um, well, maybe there's your link because maybe they do do know more than I'm giving him credit for. Because if it, if well, he's linked into the Avengers storylines, he has to have maybe been involved you, in some really interesting discussions. Zach, if you're listening, and you probably are, we'd love to have you on. <laughs> just let us know. Leave a comment. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let, let me just give the basic elevator premise of the movie itself. If you have if you haven't seen it, pause. And go watch it. Okay, did you enjoy that? Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it is, on its surface, it's a, it's a fun movie. It's a good movie. Um, the basic premise is that Ryan Reynolds plays a character named Guy. And he's an NPC. Which stands for? Non-player character. Which means what? In video games, a non-player character 
is just what it sounds like. It's a character that's not controlled by a character or, or I mean, sorry, not controlled by a player, but it's controlled by, a, you know, not controlled by a human being. So if you're playing, if you're playing uh, World of Warcraft, you create a character and your character will go and talk to some other dwarf or elf in the game and that character will give you a task, a quest. I need you to go get 10 rabbit pelts and you go off and do that and you come back and you give the guy the rabbit pelts, he gives you your reward. That's a non-player character. They're there to facilitate the players of the game. Now, they're run by AI. They usually have three or four lines of dialogue depending on the complexity of the game and these non-player characters and the AI in some modern video games are getting quite impressive, but they're still programmed to operate in a certain in certain parameters to say certain things. It's if then, if then this, if then that. Uh, there's a lot of cool story-driven games where if you choose or if you do something in the game, the non-player characters will act in a different way. It's really cool. One of the one of the well. Anyway, it's pretty cool, but still, the point nevertheless, is it's still, it's still inside still... of a sandbox. It's still a computer-generated character, and there's only a certain number of things they can do and say and think, and they don't think, actually. They are right. they're they're just little... They're, they're little computer programs inside the bigger program of the game, which is why the NPC meme is so effective, because there are human beings in the real world that act like NPCs, meaning they only do and say what they're being programmed to do and say by the programmers. Right. We have a good example of the NPC meme on the episode 57 podcast page at mindvirus.show where you have a bunch of people quoting in unison, I am fully vaccinated and boosted and just tested positive for COVID-19. I am grateful for the protection my vaccines continue to provide. I mean, it's just absurd right. what you can get an NPC to say. Well, you get them any, say anything that they are programmed, programmed to say to that. Say. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. Now, Guy... Ivermectin the, is horse medicine. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've heard all this stuff. Guy lives in this world called Free City. Now, it's pretty obvious that the Free City is sort of a, a you know, it's a fictional version of popular computer games like Grand Theft Auto, where you run around causing havoc in a big city, right? Robbing people, stealing cars, shooting things, shooting people. So in Free City, we're introduced right off the bat where the, he's, he's going to work, where he's a bank teller, and there's chaos all around him, right? And it's no big deal to him. He, he even says, you know, he says, this is Free City. Look at this guy. He's one of the sunglasses people. Those are the players. And the people who wear sunglasses are heroes. <laughs> and the, the guy's like uh, shooting. I think he shoots somebody, robs and beats him up. and guy says they have a devil make care attitude and they run this town and there's this model that says to the sunglasses person the model is a npc he says you are so hot and the guy says oh i know and then guy says see that's not even his car or his wife well the the uh the sunglasses guy in that case was played by channing tatum right 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 i think that i think that i think you're right and and he he plays a part later in the in the show yeah. you've got some pretty good stars in this with ryan right. reynolds and channing tatum and he he actually ends up in some interesting places in uh in movies uh, that that guy has been involved in some message type of stuff right. 
And the guy says, for the sunglasses people, they get to do anything they want. They go on all sorts of missions. They got cool hair, cool clothes. I mean, laws aren't really laws to them. They're more like mild suggestions. Like, I don't think he's going to return that car. Or that nice lady. See what I mean? Hero. Now, already, for an NPC, he's, he's self-aware. And I don't know if that's just for the story exposition, but he's self-aware enough to realize these people are different. Well, it is a movie. Sure. Yeah. Sure. But the, here's this NPC. Yeah, but that is, so yeah, it doesn't really fit with the way, because he's just in that one conversation, he's way beyond right, any, right. any computer course, generated NPC. I guess I just made a redundancy there, but any, any computer generated <laughs> well, character. Kind of. But anyway, he says, I've, he says, I've lived here in Free City my whole life. And this little intro is almost not part of the movie. It's just like, hey, audience, this yeah. is what we're going to... Yeah, but here's what I think they're doing there. Like, there is a double-layered uh, society. Well, there is a two-tiered society. There are people that do get away with running around, oh, killing, uh, stealing oh, yeah. your cars. We, we I mean, know so that. that. That's almost like an in-your-face. Like, I had that thought watching. I'm like, are they, are they trying to tell us that well, they can do whatever the, the hell they want? The... Yeah, the, 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 the one-sentence pitch on this movie is, or summary is, an evil oligarchy is trying to destroy the world, and you better wake up before they do it. I mean, that's what's happening, right? So he says, I've lived here in Free City my whole life. I've got a best friend. I've got a goldfish, and is I work at Is that literally what it says on IMDb? N- no. <laughs> I, that's my summary. I've got a best friend. I've got a goldfish, <laughs> and I work at the bank. <laughs> that's a what, pretty good summary. What more could a guy want? Right. And, yeah, then the, and then the movie sort of starts, right? And then you have the news anchor saying it's warm and sunny with a scattering of drive-bys. He gets up in the morning and begins his routine, which is putting on his blue shirt, going to get his uh, coffee, medium coffee, cream, two sugars, and going to the bank where he gets beat up, shot, yelled at, screamed Stepped at, on. punched. Yeah. He's got his, his best friend is called Buddy. And he work, you know, he works as a security guard at the bank. So that's kind of where we're at. That's the world that we've just walked into. Right. And, and nothing really changes, right? No, they do the same thing every day. I mean, it changes in that sometimes the bank robbery perps are different because it's player characters and they're dressed differently with their different uh, costumes and skins, as they're called in the video game world. That's very important to you, esoteric people out there, that they are changing skins. Right. And uh, coats, coats of skins. They come in and they do their thing. And he, you know, it gets so routine that when, when a sunglasses guy walks in, they just lay on the floor. The guy completes his bank robbery heist mission, gets his reward, and leaves. Yeah. You know, the same, the same, the bank manager, NPC, he comes out every time, says, no one needs to get hurt, and gets punched in the face. They do a great job. They really do a great job with this show. It's really fun. It's funny. It's interesting. It holds your attention. Even Um, if you're not a... It makes uh, you think. It's it's definitely intended to make you think. Even if you're not, uh, you know, a video game player, a gamer, you don't need to be to understand that, to to get it, right? Right. If the, you are a gamer, there's a few little subtle things that you might appreciate, but you don't, it, it don't, don't go see, don't avoid it because you're like, oh, I don't like video games. Right. They're, they're being pretty obvious with a few themes here. And one, one of those is that the world isn't what, what it seems, right? 
So if, if you're even remotely tuned into the idea that you're getting propaganda and symbolism in movies, this is one of those where it's like not hard. It's not hard to put your place, put yourself in the place of guy. It's almost as if, if you were LDS, you walked into the temple and you sat down and they gave you the uh, introductory instruction and said, you must consider yourselves respectively Adam and Eve. Adam, what, is that, what does that mean? Do you happen to have any idea what the name Adam means? Yes. Okay. Do you want to tell, tell me or should I just read from the etymology dictionary? Read that dictionary. Okay. Masculine, it's a proper name, a biblical name of the first man, progenitor of the human race. From Hebrew, Adam, quote, man, literally, the one formed from the ground. But the idea is that's, it means man, right? What does guy mean? <laughs> Guy is generic. It just means guy. guy. It means man. That's why he's named That's why guy. his friend is named Buddy. Remember, these were just created as throwaway NPCs to give background into a big city. Yeah. And so the programmer is just guy. Yeah. Buddy. Man. So if you were into if you were sucked into this one in a in a ritual drama type of a scenario, you they would say, You must consider yourself to be guy. Right. I'm reading I mean, this. it's almost the same thing. It's really, it's almost the same thing. Did, did you know that the, the word husband comes from Old Norse and it means the man in the house? Like, there, there's a lot of this in our rituals that we just brush aside where um, you're being told something and you're not seeing it. And uh, so in the temple, a lot of people just skip over the idea that every time they go, they're supposed to consider themselves Adam. And, and here you are watching a ritual drama. You pay the, you pay the tithe to enter the, the temple, the pantheon of their gods. Right. The dark cave. You get the ritual meal. That's the temple cafeteria. <laughs> See, we don't, have, we don't do the meal, but in the ancient world, you'd have a ritual meal before you go on the journey. So in the Mormon... Uh, culture, it's approximated by the temple cafeteria, Which right? are all been closed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those are no longer. <laughs> you, should, you go either before or after or whatever, because you need But no, it's not just COVID. The they actually closed them. Those are discontinued in every temple. Did you know that? No, yeah, I did that, not know that's that. That's a new thing. Those are gone. Well, we're also contactless, right? Having contact, <laughs> being able to handle something, that's also... Anyway, so I found, okay, so I found, uh, I, so what I was reading from earlier was a transcript of the movie, but that's not the script. Okay, you want to keep a, going on that? Because I want to talk about the names. I found a script, and sometimes these scripts that are out on the internet aren't the final ones. Is there? You can go get like a, is there, a subtitles. Is there voiceover at the, but I like the scripts because they'll give you the actual descriptions. Like oh, for okay, example, okay. this is the first line of the, the script. A bona fide square-jawed action star, cool haircut, cooler sunglasses, leather jacket, runs down a city street with a sly smirk and a briefcase stuffed with money. This is Channing Tatum. Guy in VO, voiceover, says, everybody thinks they're the main character in their own life story. Is that in the movie? I don't think that made it into the movie. This is interesting. He slides across the hood into a muscle car and speeds off. Again, voiceover. But someone's got to be the bad guy, the overbearing mother, the love interest. That's not in the movie. All I'm saying is that maybe some of us are the supporting characters in someone else's cooler, funnier, action-packed adventure. That's not in the movie. Yeah, I don't think that's in the movie. No, they took that out. And, and that's probably good because it gives you a lot more to think about. 
Well, it gives it. it it's a little too. Well, over, we over. Uh, we also deli- have a- it's a little too obvious. Like, I'm not even saying obvious in the sense of the metaphors. It's just a little too heavy-handed for. Well, but but it, it does track with that uh, Avengers uh, ethos, where it's the Avengers that are the ones that are running around, and you're one of the guys that's supposed to cheer them on. Yes, and what that does is it that that's a little that's some dialogue that opens a window into the mind of the writer. Yeah, what he was trying to get at, right? Well, and what, one of the things that bugs me about this whole thing and where it falls short is that Guy can never leave the fallen world. Even though he, even though they changed the world, he can never get out and be like his creator, creatrix, whatever. Right. That's, that's where this, one of these places this falls down. And uh, anyway, let, let's talk about the names. Yeah, the, all of the scripts I'm finding, I think it's kind of, odd that they want to charge you for a script from a movie that's already out but all the ones i'm finding are that that draft but yeah okay let's talk about the names you okay. already mentioned keys walter keys mckees he's his nickname is keys his last name is mckees and he talks about hidden things keys are things that help you unlock hidden things right yeah that's uh, one one thing that's lost if you're if you're stuck in your your, your Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints current paradigm, there's been a lot of discussion about keys. I believe that if you were to talk to Joseph Smith, he would say keys are information that helps you unlock the mysteries of God. It's not delegated power to hold a meeting, <laughs> okay? <laughs> if you want to understand the scriptures, you need to realize that keys serve to unlock mysteries or open doors, they do not give you the right to lord meeting times over other people. So, if you don't have this esoteric perspective when you watch this movie, you think when they're talking about keys, they mean keyboard keys. And that's what, and that's related to code. Yeah. But they never really say that. They just say he's, right. the, he's the coder. But what that makes him is the creator. And that becomes very clear later on in the movie, that guy has been created in the image, the express image of Walter Keys McKee. Right. We, yeah. He has all the same that's desires. Kind of a, uh, is, well, that's a spoiler. He, it's, well, if we're spoiling it, which we are. We are spoiling this he, movie. He creates guy... Like not even in his image, but as an expression of his innermost desires, desires. which is in his image. It's in the essence right. of right. It's it's a it's, it's a guy's guy's personality. Guy's it, it's Adam, him. It's him. Adam is not called like unto God or in the image of God because he has the bodily form. That's one aspect right. of it. But we all have the bodily form, and not all not all of us are named Adam. Right. The issue has to do with the way they think, the way they act, how they behave, how they treat other people, what their innermost desires for knowledge and light are versus their innermost desires for destruction and evil. That is where he is like unto God. And that comes out really well in this movie. Okay. Antoine. Do you know what Antoine means? Who's Antoine? Antoine is played by Taika Watiti. And there's another Avengers link that I hadn't seen. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up that because I had I had 
he's kind of a hot director and has some smaller parts of movies. I, I like him. He's really talented. He did Hunt for the Wilder People, which is a funny little low-budget movie that he made. Uh, he did Jojo Rabbit, which is a Holocaust film. Quite a dif- if different and, and good spin on that. He's And he's directed a bunch of these Avengers movies. And he's also the voice of that big rock guy in, in one of the Avengers, the Thor one, right? He directed Ragnarok. Right. And he's the voice yeah. of the of the one of those guys. Those, yeah. But one, one of Thor's buddies that he yeah. meets in the gladiatorial Right. Uh, anyway, sphere. I'm sure you all know who we're talking about. If you don't, you'll see his face and you'll go, oh, funny that guy. guy. Very funny guy. Um, I don't know how to say his name correctly. Ta- Taika Watiti. Yeah, he anyway. went by Taika Cohen. Taita, or is it Taita or Taika? But he's, he's a New Zealander. Um, Taika uh, Watiti uh, and, is Antoine, and he... A- Antoine's the big bad guy. He's the son of Robin Cohen. He was also known as Taika Cohen, and he's from the east coast of New Zealand. Antoine is the owner. His mother is of Ashkenazi, Jewish, Irish, Scottish, and English descent. Well, there you go. <laughs> My goodness. His father's a Maori. Right. He definitely has more of the Maori look to him. But he's got the Ashkenazi Jew, Scottish, Irish, English, <laughs> esoteric background. <laughs> sure. Maybe that's why he's such a uh, talented storyteller. Very talented. But he, Antoine is the owner of this... Uh, big conglomerate uh powerful video game company that called owns, tsunami right called tsunami and okay. they own it's intentionally named, city. i'm i'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say they intentionally called it tsunami oh, well or they yeah. didn't realize they intentionally called it tsunami right. because it relates to the flood right okay this is the cataclysm well and a tsunami uh, can be destructive actually tonga and we just had a and they're offline no one really knows what's going on there yeah so we will watch and wait for news from Tonga. It's kind of a scary thing. I, I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't catch Antoine, Antoine's last name. They, they said it once. It's Hobachella or something. I, couldn't, I didn't spend a lot of time trying to figure that one out. But Antoine means highly praiseworthy. High, right. highly <laughs> praiseworthy. Okay? Well, and the, and the, the character is so over the top, right? He's, he, he's this ultra wealthy, you know, video game tycoon. He dresses like, uh, uh, a he teenager. wears like a cape or something he, almost. Well, just yeah, just <laughs> big real, long just, coat. Yeah, just eccentric, over the top. He's 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 firing everybody left and right. He's a complete uh, jerk, but yeah. but he makes a lot of money because they made this game called Free uh, Free City, which is extremely popular and most most significant to our esoteric discussion. He is the one who stole. The world that was created by Millie Keys. and Walter Keys, McKee, called Life Itself. Right. Okay. He stole that world, called it Free City, changed it, but he put all the intelligences. Corrupted it. He corrupted it, and he put all the intelligences, the, the AIs, the, the characters that Millie and uh, Keys had made, into different skins. And into a fallen world. Into different skins. Some, okay. Yeah. These guys. Wow. Okay. Uh, and his personality is the type that fits with that name, too. He is, he is constantly demanding people 
worship him and praise him. Yeah. Well, uh, Watiki, one of my favorite parts of, of this guy's shtick in the show is when he is lying on the ground and he tries to do the little ninja jump oh, yeah. up and yeah. he can't. He tries twice. Right. It's just, well, he's, it's, he's really funny. It's he does funny. It really well. It's funny. But see, the, the entire, uh, his facade is broken down because he's an imposter. He is a, yes, he, he is an imposter. That's and the best way to put it. He's to... a hypocrite. He is a, he's an actor. He's acting a certain part that he doesn't him deserve. Him trying to flip up onto his feet like that is just, is a comical way of saying this guy is not who he says he is. He's an imposter. He's a fake. And everything about him, including the thing that made him rich and highly praiseworthy, is fake. It's stolen. It's not his. He did not create the world that he took over. If you're not picking up on the symbolism... He helped create the world that he took over. He he took the world and he changed it and modified it. Okay, so there there are ancient... works (laughs) works <laughs> there are ancient works that fill in the gap things that Hugh Nibley would highly advise us to incorporate into our discussion you got another mountain I, I knew we were going to these be, are mountain dew zeros we were going to be going long today so i brought is there, there any phenylalanine in that <laughs> okay uh there are in the in the nag hammadi which is a body of scripture that was discovered at Nag Hammadi, Egypt in 1948. There is a great deal of Gnostic information that fills in some of the gaps about how this world got, ended up fallen. Because if you've, if you've only been to church and listened to the Sunday school stuff and read the correlated materials, you come away with this idea that, well, Eve knew she needed to partake of the fruit, so she did it so that they could have posterity. And, uh, that you know that's how the world became fallen because Adam and Eve knew they had to do it. God gave them an God gave them an impossible situation, and yeah, bam they they were essentially <laughs> they had lost their memory, and so you know whatever they had to do it. Just all kinds of excuses are made. These other these other texts describe a situation where a god called Samael, which means the blind god, has fallen, and he creates a world like unto the one that he remembers from the higher heavens, and he tries to create a bunch of little people down there with the elements that he's using. These Imagine little clay golems, right? He's, he's trying to create people and, and intelligences and people his world, but he can't. But it's the, the gods from above through the divine feminine principle that breathe the breath of life into Adam, and then the creation comes alive because there's actually people in Samael's creation. So uh, I'm describing... material that you can get out of several different works, but predominantly the hypostasis of the archons, which is sometimes referred to as the nature of the rulers. So anyway, I'm not just making this up, okay? This is out there, and it, it, it starts to make some sense when you really dig deep into what Joseph was teaching. It, th- this idea that Adam and Eve came 
caused this unknowingly or or with a, just a very elementary school understanding that they were following some basic commandment catch 22 commandment that God gave them is not necessarily what might have happened okay We've got to remember the stories of the garden and the stories of the flood as Hugh Nibley said have done more damage to Christianity than any others the third First part of the third chapter of the book, Enoch the Prophet. Go read it, okay? These right. are metaphorical stories, and we need to stop behaving like little children and taking them literally. Follow Hugh Nibley's advice. Well, Antoine is clearly the Gnostic Demiurge, or the Gnostic Samael, the Nag Hammadi Samael, whatever you want to call him. He has stolen the world and modified it to his own ends. Let's talk about Millie Rusk, and then I'll turn the time back over to you, Bobby. <laughs> Millie Rusk, she's the girl. She's uh, Walter's love interest. She's co-creator. She, um, she's trying to rescue the creation. Well, Keys, what happened is Keys and Keys and Millie. Before you go too deep into Millie, into Millie. They sold their game to Tsunami in good faith. Right. And then they thought it was going to get used. Right. And, and then, then, the, and then Antoine, Antoine tells him he shelves he it. He killed it because no one wants to play a game like that. And then hires Keys as a low level bug squasher uh, programmer for Free City. So Keys right. is a man on the inside. He works at Tsunami doing pretty mundane things they're, they're, they you know Antoine even says you're way too talented for what you're doing and he's you know mm-hmm. turns him down Millie on the other hand is on the outside and is adamant that something doesn't add up something's not right she's got a pending lawsuit she thinks she thinks that he stole it right she recognizes that he stole it but she's trying to find evidence of that so in order to find evidence of it she spends a lot of time in Free City playing, playing the, game. the game when yeah. what she's really doing is exploring the game, looking for her code, her evidence of their her creation, world, her, her game. Yeah. Now let's talk about their creation. It was called Life Itself. Can I go ahead and tell a little bit about this? Right. They, they say to the woman that's interviewing them at the game convention, which is the flashback, they say, well, life itself, people aren't really playing it. It's an observational game. They're just watching it grow. Well, here we have a really interesting element that links back to the ancient text and the esoteric tradition. Again, I'll reference our podcast on war. We talked a little bit around these subjects, if you want to get into that. What really happened to cause this world to fall that we're in? It wasn't Adam and Eve. It was a rebellion in the cosmos. It was somebody taking over the world. Well, the way the world was supposed to be was that the, the intelligences were to come here and have an experience, but there were to be watchers, watching angels. They call them the watchers. Uh, and watching what? Well, among those, watching us grow, grow and, progress. and change and progress and, and experience what we're supposed to experience in the terrestrial, not the telestial, but the terrestrial world, that garden-like world that that isn't subject to entropy where the people are in a far more peaceful manner without outside abject evil causing them to have these incredible conflicts 
you know, because there's plenty of conflict between us. But, but imagine if you didn't have the devil trying to destroy everything, <laughs> you'd still have some conflicts because, you know, brothers and sisters tend to get into conflicts and uh, sisters and sisters and brother, brothers and brothers, whatever. It's not perfect. But that, that uh, experience helps those intelligences, those people to refine, to become refined and move up and put behind them those foibles, those character flaws, those deficiencies. And so that world then becomes a place of improvement. Well, in the Enochian literature, this is the Book of Enoch. The Book of Enoch is the most quoted book of Scripture that is not in the Old and New Testament, okay? There is a Book of Enoch. Uh, You want to find the R.H. Charles translations of it. You've got three different versions of it. Uh, Remember, don't I'm not telling you to go out and read all this stuff as the gospel truth. You're playing history detective, trying to put together the narrative, recognizing that these texts have all been tampered with, including the Old and New Testament, including uh, some of Joseph Smith's words have been twisted. Okay? We, we got to... Or just gotta, crossed out and new words written in underneath <laughs> them. Sometimes that happens, yeah. You know, you got to think about where our canons come from, and should we limit ourselves? Should we be limiting ourselves to canonical scripture, or are we willing to take the Lord's advice in DNC ninety two and treat all scripture carefully and and recognize that you need to be guided by the Spirit to understand the truth of it, and and so you need a better master mental map or paradigm from uh, from which to work so that you can fit all of this information into the narrative and and see what makes sense and see how the perspective changes when your perspective changes. So in the Enochian literature, it describes the, the most important one of the most important things you find in the Book of Enoch is that it describes that the watchers fell, they lust after the daughters of Adam and Eve, right? They debased themselves, they caused the world to fall. But they were supposed to be watching. They were supposed to be observing. And they're the ones that take over the world. And then they start to profit from it. Well, that's what we see in Free Guy, is that you have all these players, watchers, who are coming in and they're looting the world. There's another <laughs> There's another metaphor that we've mentioned many times, and that's the Matrix, where the, the people are the batteries. They're the energy that provides the loot for the machines. Here you have it in Free Guy. All the players are looting. That's all they're doing. And, and well, the, the woman, the creator, yeah. who is also a player, she's a rare player. She's come into the world and she's like, there are no guys that are good here. Right. The, the incentive mechanism in the game is self-serving. It's rob that guy, shoot that guy, do these missions which involve bank heists and car heists and you know, beating people up. It's It's... Not unlike some real video games out there. You shoot people and you loot the corpse. Right. This is, this is the problem. We're being taught to shoot people and loot the corpses. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's happening in our minds right now. And it has at different times throughout the history of the world happened in reality. And so we're on that teeter-totter there. And we're, this on, is, we're on the cusp. The, the wealth disparity is demonstrated when Guy, early in the movie, Guy, see, he walks by a shoe store, right? Mm-hmm. Like he does every day. And he and he sees these shoes that he wants likes. to have the shoes. He's like, well, today's the day. And he checks his balance on the ATM. He doesn't it's a have a two hundred dollar pair of shoes, and he's got one hundred and eighty three dollars. Yeah, he's, well, not today. Maybe tomorrow. And the shoe yeah. store guy's like, "Yep, just like every day." Oh, and what's funny is all the players have stash houses where they've collected all their loot, right? Their guns, their cars, their motorcycles, yeah. their 
their different outfits. Yeah, so and they're, that is, they're collecting that stuff. That is absolutely true in the real world of video games. You have you have housing, you have places you can go that are yours and you can display all your trophies. And some guys get really into this and build elaborate castles and things depending on the you know the the fantasy of the game, and then game. they show them off to each other. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's great fun, but it's also what people in the real world do. Right. They build these enormous things, and they they brag to their other very wealthy friends about all the stuff they have. Well, well, the shoes are important. Did you did you catch the the shoe motif? Well, the masked help comes in and serves them hors d'oeuvres. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I must have missed the shoe thing. Okay. Well, shoes are are critical because uh, these are a symbol of progression. <clears throat> I'm most people don't notice this, but if you look at Egyptian carvings and statues and stuff, you'll a lot of times see them with one foot in front of the other, which right. is odd. That's not a good way to stand. Right. It signifies movement. Right. It signifies progression through the cosmos. Right. Walking. Walking. Moving. This is critical. This is an a, this is an ancient since the time since, since time began. This idea has been uh, an important element of our psyches right. of of who we are. We we are progressing, moving forward. We we need to uh we need to move. We need to change. We need to improve. Well, one of the big improvements that Guy makes is that he acquires a pair of shoes. Not only, first he acquires the sunglasses. Right. We got to talk about the we'll sunglasses. We got to talk about sunglasses, but we'll get, and we'll get to the shoes later, I guess, because we're, 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 we're dancing around Millie Rusk, who is the woman here that sets everything in motion, right? That's where, that's where he, he's been going about his daily life, and then he walks by. Um, well, he says, he says, in Free City, I have everything I need. He walks. Hey, I love that song. Well, that's the song that Millie, uh, that Millie is humming. It's her favorite song before in, that, in though, real life. Before that, there's an important... Well, her, her name's Molotov Girl in the... Yeah, everyone's got these you know, video yeah, game names. Tough, but, tough name. But he says he's walking down the street earlier, or maybe it's the same scene or similar scene, right? He says, in Free City, I have everything I need except one thing. And, and that's when he looks at a couple, they're holding hands, and he says, oh, they seem happy. And Buddy's like, don't worry, you'll find somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and of course he won't. Because he's an NPC. Because he's an NPC. But there's something different about him, which we're going to get to, and you've alluded to, alluded to a few times. And then they goes to work and they get robbed. And uh, it's interesting, though, when I, when, I, when I first watched this movie, he says, in Free City, I have everything I need. And I, you know what immediately came to mind, and it did just now when I read the line? You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you know, on the surface, Guy and Buddy and the other NPCs in Free City they're happy enough. I mean, they understand they well, live in this strange place where there's all this violence, but that's just the world. And hey, the lady that makes my coffee, she's cool. She smiles. Well, at the end of the day, we can't take anything with us, right? Right. But there are plenty of people in this world that would love the majority of us to adopt that carefree attitude so that they can control us and enslave us. That's the problem here in this world. And 
it would be really bleak if we didn't have hope and faith that the gods would come and burn the place down and then remove us from it, <laughs> from from the slavery. Right. But that's that's the catch twenty two. That's the problem here. Is it's like, is it going to happen? When is it going to happen? Should I should I try? to amass as much worldly wealth as I can, or should I do this with the time that's allotted me? What should I be doing with the time that's allotted me? Because not everybody can get rich. Some people are able to get rich, but there's not enough to go around. It's, it's a, it's a zero sum game in this world. And, and the people have the watchers, the people that really know what's going on have a heck of a lot more power than just a, a regular guy like, you or me. And and this is something I'd love to talk about with our, our friends out there who are voluntarists, who are true libertarians, because for them, property rights are sacrosanct. But you're born into this world with nothing. And depending on what kind of a family you're born into and where in the world you're born, your opportunity to get land, to work the land, to exploit the, the, the physical element here is severely limited or s- severely advantaged depending on where you come in. And the vast minority of people are severely disadvantaged because the land is already bought up. No, you, you can't come in and get free land. You can't just go find a place that, even if it's, even if it's open and nothing, nobody's doing anything there, it's all owned by somebody and they're going to chase you off with guns right. or throw you in jail Gal- or whatever if you try to use the land. Galt's Gulch does not exist. No, you could try, but... <laughs> yeah, people have tried, you know... They the were federal government the, is really good. They at, were called the Branch Davidians. They were called well, they, they and they even owned the land. The people right, in Waco, right? Yeah. Well, okay. So there's an interesting line here. In so guy goes to work, and this is still all kind of the opening credits are still rolling. We're kind of learning about this world. Guy goes to work where every day, you know, he's a teller at the bank. He's a nobody at the bank. The robbery takes place. He lays on the floor next to the security guard. Random, you know, ironically enough. And they're just talking like nothing's going on. The bank manager, the bank president, the bank owner, kind of a oligarchical, a little figure. sub, uh, sub says, sub level manager, or he, whatever. He's he, he, he's he comes in and he's he, like a he's like a puppet of the oligarchy, kind right? Of, a representative of the oligarchy. He comes in and and he says, "Nobody try to be a hero. This will all be over soon." And then. He gets punched in the face. Right. Don't try to be a hero. And that's, that's his, the message. That's his line over and yeah. over. It's his NPC programmed line. Nobody try to be a hero. This will all be over soon. In other words, what they say, what the ruling class says, the people that own this city, that run this city, what they say and do, no matter how unjust, no matter right. how immoral, what they say goes, nobody rock the boat. It'll all be over soon. And of course, it won't be over because this repeats... Over Every and day. over and over, multiple times a day. Right. Stay home. Stay safe. Let it'll, us work out this whole thing. It'll, it'll be about be two weeks. Soon. About two weeks to slow the spread, and then you can get back to your lives. But along the way, we're learning a bit about Guy, and that he says he's got everything he wants. He says he's, he even says, my name's Guy, and I live in paradise. Right. He's happy. But he's not. <clears throat> And we learn that as he, his dialogue, he talks about wanting to find some, you know, uh, uh, find, find a, a girlfriend. He talks about um, doing something different. Right. But this is the intrinsic l- lack in all of us. There, some people like to say there's a Jesus-sized hole 
in everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's not just Jesus, right? He's looking for something more feminine. Well, he wants to fall in love. Because Because he's in the image of Walter Keyes McKee. Right. And And, uh, Key is lovesick for Millie. He won't admit it to him. Millie doesn't pick up on it initially. And uh, Guy's programming demands that. Demands that because Keyes himself is, uh, you know, a hopeless romantic. Right. He wants to make him real. Well, he he walks down the street. Are we are we to that point yet? Because the the divine feminine here, the woman is yeah, the key. Yeah. So let's the go, key to this movie, or yeah, one of the keys. Let's go to that meeting point. Because what we learn here, I guess, let's just get this out of the way because everything else makes more sense. What we learn is that Millie and Keys created something quite groundbreaking when they created Guy, and that was. A place where people could improve. They could well, go from was, zero created, to something. They created video game NPCs who progress in knowledge, who become more self-aware as time goes on. Uh-huh. And this would be a really good al- analogy if it weren't in a video game. If the video game guy actually somehow could c- become real, right. this would be a really good al- analogy. And uh, this is one of the way the ways that this this allegory structurally falls down is that is that a guy can't ever be like his his creators right and i and i think that it makes sense the way they did it in the in the world of the movie yeah, and I but, think that's that's one of the reasons why I want to say this was not an intentional deception I mean, because it's, it's a, a great a great place to do it is in a video game. Right. And that has some limitations unless you go full bore Tron and bring him into the real right. world. Or Pino- Pinocchio. Pinocchio, yeah. I'm a real boy. Well, Pinocchio is another one of these allegories. Right. Uh Jordan Peterson, uh PhD uh what is he at University of uh, Ontario, Toronto. Toronto? For he's very now. famous. If you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, you probably aren't watching this podcast, but uh, he's done some good work on Pinocchio. If you want to. Pinocchio is an excellent story. That. We've touched on it here. Lots of symbolism and allegory and uh, really, really great story. Uh, you know, he, teaches he, us he, all how to avoid becoming it jackasses. Even makes, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> Pinocchio is so, so. Uh, significant that it even makes it into this movie when Antoine at one point tells right. tells a lie and then uses his finger to show his nose growing. I right. mean it's that influential. So but so Million Keys made this AI system that that progresses over time to where the NPCs start to have minds of their own, right? They, they come alive. That. They yeah. come and this is this awakening process is starting to happen with Guy. That's where the story picks up. Is he's, I mean, the story starts with him waking up, literally well, getting follows, out of bed. He follows the pre-programmed pattern with his security guard friend, and what's his right. friend's name? Buddy, buddy. <laughs> his buddy, buddy, and uh, he's following the pattern that he follows every day, which is this forlorn. Uh, man who's who's looking for love but never finding it but for but a long the time prob- the problem is okay so go ahead for a long time he didn't know any different he didn't know that he was programmed he just did what he was right programmed the, to do the problem is that the, the divine spark enters in right 
and walks. That's, she walks right past. But that's him. why the movie starts with him waking up because he, he's starting to wake up before he sees her. That, that's all I'm saying. And when he sees her, it's as if this 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 sacred spirit wanders into his vicinity, and he all of a sudden gets turned on turned on well, okay it's the song he gets turned on yeah, quite <laughs> yeah he does and and the song she's humming the song right sweet sweet fantasy now, baby from mariah a, carey and remember these player characters the game has voice chat so the human being behind it can speak to other players there's real games like this and usually it's just lots of name calling and swearing but well but can do they have games where the NPCs will interact with you via voice? Command? No, no. So that's beyond the but, technology well, and that's it's be, it's, available it's today. It's beyond the technology in this Free City game, which is why it, which is why when she's walking down the street, humming the song, he says, "Hey, I love that song." And Millie, it's Millie's character. Yeah, she stops and says, "Well, because what? she's kind of been repeating all. She's she's like." Uh, kind of scoffing at how repetitive the game is as she repeats what well, she knows and every character is going to say. Re- she she, we, quotes, she we, copies them or uh, mimics them as she There's as memes out there of NPC lines in the, in the real world. You know, Skyrim, which is a very popular uh, Nordic type, you know, uh, uh, fantasy dragon slayer game. You know, there's a NPC who you, you encounter about 30 of them throughout your adventures who says, I used to be an adventurer like you, but then I took an arrow to the knee. And you it just so became it, a, it, it became the... a meme, right? And and so if you play a video game long enough with these types of NPCs, you learn the the their lines what of dialogue. You know, yeah. World of Warcraft, the dwarf is gonna say, Keep your feet on the ground. And so yeah, she she understands, she knows when something is awry. She knows when something doesn't She's, fit. Yeah. She hasn't ever had that experience what what she's what she thinks guy is going to say because she's passed him before is don't have a good day have a great day and she says that but right. he says i love that song because yeah. she's and it stops she's, her in her tracks she lights him up because not only does he break dialogue break character but he is reacting to her uh actions and what her what she is doing and she's singing and she's literally singing at her computer, right? That's right. the only way it'd work. Right. And he reacts to that. Right. Now, in a lot of these Gnostic or uh, pseudepigraphical texts, apocryphal texts, there is a uh, divine feminine influence that enters in and has this great influence on the, the man, Adam, that's trapped in the world of the Demiurge. That's a thing. And remember, the people that took this out of our scriptures were the people that caused the apostasy of the Catholic Church and the, the apostasy of the Jewish faith at the time of Lehi, okay? So there are things that are missing. <laughs> right. Here's there, the... are, there, are, there are people that are missing. There are women that are missing. <laughs> and, and we sort of, in, in the LDS culture, if you're not LDS, I don't, maybe this will be interesting to you, but there is sort of a taboo here you're not supposed to talk about the women. Okay. (laughs) So you get in trouble for talking about the women, but they're there. Right. And they have a role relative to free guy, relative to freeing guy. Right. 
in in some ways, this movie is so over the top. It's not symbolic at all. It's right in our face. It's right in your face. But he. So when she says when he when he says, "Hey, I love that song," she says, "That's a new one." But then she keeps walking. Yeah, because she's like, and not she's incredulous about the she's idea that he's really alive. She's distracted yeah. too because she's she she's find, trying to find this proof of a hidden secret level. Right. Right. Um. But then Guy says, that's her, that's her, buddy. I'm going to go talk to her. Guy's existence is forever changed. Right. Yeah, he's, he's this interaction, because he's got this idea of this woman in his head, right? Because it's, we keep saying this, it's in his programming, it's in his DNA. And so when he sees her, you know, he's seen her before, but it was when his eyes were closed. Right. His now eyes, he's awake. Oh, your eyes have not yet been opened. Exactly. Here. Have some of the fruit of this tree. He he sees her once he's awoke, awoken, not woke. <laughs> once he's woken <laughs> up and he recognizes her <coughs> and he says, that's her. That's my dream girl. I'm going to go talk to her. And Buddy's like, we don't talk to sunglasses people. <laughs> we don't talk to them. They don't talk to us. Right. And he follows her. She's going to the stash house, right? He follows her and gets ran over by a train. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Which doesn't hurt him because he's an NPC and he respawns, but right. he fails miserably. Right. Well, after he... Do, do you want to give more of the... I mean, we're, we're almost telling the whole movie yeah, here. Do I, we don't wanna tell, we, do we, I don't think we need to go play I don't care if we go play. for five hours here. This, uh, the, that'll be we, a special podcast. We're two, we're two hours now. Let's keep going. Let's keep going, but I don't think we need to give a play-by-play. I just think the first few minutes of this movie are important. Well, they important. are. It really sets it up. It really does set it up. There, there are always these moments in a movie where you have the intention and the allegory laid out. Right. And, and then you'll go on and go through the, the combats and all of the drama that, that doesn't quite matter as much. So I, I think you're making a lot of good points here. I think the only thing maybe... So he goes back to work. Nobody tried to be, hero, be a hero. This will all be over soon. And then he decides then, because he can't get the woman out of his yeah, mind. It's too and how many of us, the spark gentlemen out there, have seen the face of a woman and you cannot concentrate on anything after that? But you this probably is, married that girl. But, th- but this is akin to, yeah, th- and that's, that's true. And that's why the divine feminine here or the feminine thing works really well. But it's also true of truth, right? In the Matrix, uh, Morpheus says to Neo about the Matrix, he's been, it's, it's always there like a splinter in your mind. Right. Right. So he now has the splinter in his mind. He can't get it when, out. When your eyes are open and you're awake, you, you cannot go back to sleep. You cannot go back to the matrix without but this is really, some serious intervention. Yeah, but th- this is really good because, you know, there are a lot of people that are willfully blind, right? Yeah. Well, they, they b- don't want buddy. to see. Buddy. Buddy is that guy. Yeah. No, not Buddy's not guy. Buddy's, <laughs> buddy's buddy, but buddy is 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 that buddy is person. That buddy. He is that person in the story until the end, and he kind of comes around. But well, that's that's the he thing says, is everybody has the capacity to see. That's one, right. one of the great things about this movie is that other people do wake and up. The willfully blind. I mean, we're seeing that so so deliberately, so obviously right now in our own awful situation. Yeah, there there are a lot of people who disregard that initial spark. But the, if you follow the spark, and maybe you, maybe you haven't recognized it yet, or may, may, I, think the, I think the people who listen to this podcast have recognized the spark, but you're looking for the sunglasses moment, and you may have had the sunglasses moment. I want to say there are many, many, many levels of sunglasses moments. 
Don't just think is there just a because you hundred levels. <laughs> Good point. That's another great uh, aspect to using a video game world is the leveling up. You go through levels, gate right. through, gate after gate, layer after layer, revelation so, after revelation. In one of the robberies at the bank, Buddy intervenes. You know he's not supposed to be a hero. It'll well, all be over soon. It. He's tired what, what, of it. Isn't that what it is? And well, he wants his own sunglasses so he can have sunglasses so he can talk to the girl who has sunglasses. Because remember, we don't talk to the sunglasses people. Yeah. And so he, someone comes in to rob the bank and he, he's like, hi, I'm just gonna, hello, I'm just, can I borrow those? And he reaches across, which is totally out of his programming. You know, he's breaking character again. Well, first he takes her shotgun. It's a, it's this guy with a big, yeah. it's like this really bad a guy with a, uh, what do you call it? A mohawk, right. spiked mohawk. Controlled by like a 12 year old girl. There's two 12 year old girls sitting at the computer and the one girl's like, waste him, waste him. I yeah. told you, you should have wasted him. And he, he does this cool move where he flips, he flips the shotgun around and blows away this guy. Just, and he's like, oh, he's sleeping. He's sleeping. And everybody in the <laughs> bank is just shocked. He reached down, he reaches down and gets the. And gets the sunglasses and is like, I'm just going to borrow these. Again, his programming is evolving because he didn't know he could disarm somebody and shoot him. Yeah. He puts the sunglasses on. And it's a whole new world. It is literally a whole new world where you see all of the video game elements. And this it, is your Plato's allegory of the cave right, right here. He, he walks out of the cave and he, he realizes... He sees things for what they really are. Right, and he doesn't really understand at first. Well, she calls him a noob. She, he meets the girl <laughs> and she's like, you, you can't talk to me right now. You don't understand this world. You can't He follows her to the, the stash house. And look, again, in video games like this, where you interact with other real people that you will never meet, there's interactions like this. You noob, you, you know, get away from me. And then you meet some people that are like, here's some mm. gold... Go buy yourself some decent armor and just leave me alone. Or, hey, you know, I have friends that I've played video games with for 10 plus years. I've never met them in real life. And yet I consider them pretty good friends. Mm -hmm. Like we know each other's kids' names, you know? <laughs> it's like, but it all started with like, you know, some dwarf or elf or whatever <laughs> that I partied with and we went and killed the dragon with. But <clears throat> she, she says, fine. You want, you want to fit in in this world, you got to level up. You need 100 levels. Go get some levels and then talk. Because he, he, he says, well, you, you got to help me, right? And I can't remember now the proposition, but... Well, she says something like, you got to go get all this, this, these money and guns and levels and stuff. And, and he's like, well, how do I do that? And she's like, well, yeah, you rob the bank. You, do, you, you, you kill people. And he's like, well, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm a good guy. Right. And she's like, no. <laughs> right. She doesn't know who, she doesn't recognize him. Right. She There's sort of a recognition dance that goes on here. Well, and then you're never going to. And it's a testing. She, she even makes fun of it. She's like, I think she says something like, nice skin. Like, how did you get an NPC skin or something like that? Or, well, we're skipping, we're skipping ahead to, to uh, if I remember right, we're skipping ahead to where he, uh, he tracks the girl to the, to the, to the stash house. She's trying to get right. into somebody's stash house because somebody well, has recorded well, evidence of the, of the right, old world. This, this scene is in, though, in her stash house. 
where he's like keeps trying to pick up her guns and and he's like yeah, ooh she's and saying, she's like don't touch that she yeah. says go out in the world and do things to get experience right he also realizes when he puts the glasses on he kind of inherits some of the stuff like he becomes a player character and so he can buy his shoes that's when he buys his shoes and it well he has to pick up some money the first the thing about uh th- one thing that we should point out here and this is again i don't think they intended this but he puts the glasses on which again was catalyzed by the woman right his desire to know the woman okay and he goes out into the world Actually, I, when does he get his face smashed? He, he gets a he gets every a broken ten, nose every ten minutes. But yeah, but he gets a broken nose initially, I believe, from the encounter in the bank, and he puts on the sunglasses because he's not going to take it anymore, and it's that process that heals him. Right. He becomes healed. He goes out the door and he sees this medical case, and it's like, oh, now that I have the vision, I can be healed. Right. Well, him taking the gun, smoking the player character in the terminology of the programmers, mm-hmm. catches their attention. And there's this, you know, one of the watchers, one of the game mm-hmm. masters, video games have GMs, game yep. masters that can literally invisibly watch encounters to make sure people aren't cheating, to, mm-hmm. especially in, in games that are, have a competitive element. They're like invisible observers, referees, and mm-hmm. make sure that things are working correctly. One of these types of guys says, hey, he works with keys. His name's Mouser. I don't know if there's any significance What's there. What's his name? Mouser is what this transcript says. He's I didn't, the, look, at, I didn't his, look into he's that. He's his friend. We got to get um, to Millie Rusk, but uh, I, I didn't look into him. How to Spell it. Spell it. M-O-U-S-E-R. But he says, look at this. It says, keys, come and look at this says, this user who gets his glasses stolen and then killed, the guy was smoked by a non-playable character. An NPC, that's impossible. Yeah, exactly. Nobody can equip an NPC skin on their avatar. Yeah, so you just beat the noob and ban him for life. You're done. I tried that, but I can't trace him. Whoever it is, they're good. And he says, man, you got to get better at your job. So Mouser is just somebody that takes care of vermin, a vermin (laughs) exterminator? I don't know. Maybe there's nothing there, but... The point is, his behavior starts to cause problems immediately for well, the ruling class, for the it's oligarchy. No, it's noticed by the other team. It's I'm, noticed by the dark side. And I'm thinking of Novak Djokovic right now, whose behavior is causing a lot of problems for the oligarchy. And all of his behavior is simply becoming an icon of free choice. Yeah, Djokovic, if you're not aware, is the world's number one male tennis player. And he was just ejected from Australia. He won't be able to compete in the Australian Open because they don't recognize his natural immunity. And uh, They the, held him prisoner. Yeah. He was held as a political prisoner. They will never use that term, but the, he was detained and couldn't leave the country for several days. There was a hearing. And the, in the hearing, they expelled him. Because they no, first they, first they let him in. Well, they said, "Yeah, you can they, come play. You have an exemption." Then they had a minister kick him out, which means he can't come back in for three years. And he's been deported. In the hearing, in the hearing, they said that he was becoming an icon of free choice that was dangerous to the people. 
he's going against the programming, right? He's right. not doing what all the other tennis players... See, the tennis players at the Australian Open should all boycott. They should all leave in solidarity with the person among them who is the best. But they won't, of course. Oh, yeah. If Djokovic isn't there, it's not a... Whoever wins the Australian Open this year has an asterisk. But as it. a sign of solidarity and a big middle finger to these tiny but people, they should do that. There's been a lot of occasions where people could do that and they don't. But the point is, Guy's behavior immediately catches the attention of the oligarchy, the ruling class, the people who are in control of this world, and it's causing them problems and they're not sure what to do about it. Their solution is to go in and kill him. Right. Well, what they have to do to go into the world is they have to incarnate. They have to put on skins. They right. call them skins. Yeah, that's, that's... Look, people, skins in video games are big money. You, you have free-to-play, I'm quoting with my fingers, free-to-play video games. The, the ad revenue comes, or the revenue in those games comes from skins. That means buying costumes for your character weapon skin so you can have a sword that looks like this a sword that looks like that a gun that looks like this many 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 video games now make their money sell that way. skins and it's big money okay but this has an esoteric aspect absolutely okay. absolutely what's the first thing and I, I know not everybody uh listening has been through the mormon temple ceremony uh you can read about it online i'm not supposed to say that uh well, the first thing that adam and eve get when they are being kicked out into the world from the terrestrial world into the fallen world, which is the clothing, which is the telestial world, is they're given coats of skins, clothing made of coats, coats of, skins. of skins, and they literally in the video gaming industry call them skins. Yeah, and it changes your appearance. It's essentially the body that your your player inhabits that you're going about your business in the world with. Well, these watchers have to incarnate. One of them is a pink bunny rabbit and yeah. the other guy is a cop with Key, a mustache keys is a cop mouser is a bunny rabbit and they have guns mm -hmm. and of course they have gm powers right game master power so they can break the game they called them what, what did they call them god mode they said yeah yeah this is which is not i don't i don't think that the writers understood this what they were saying well it's but, another video game term yeah so but, so they uh, can say they can use these terms whether deliberately or not, and it works both ways. It works in the video game world. It works in the esoteric world, which is why this movie is so uh, interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to... But they're literally... These guys are symbolic, though, of the Watchers, the Angels, you yeah, know, they're the, literally the fallen gods. Gods, small g gods entering the world and intervening in the affairs of men, basically, in the, in the world they've created. Right. In this case, though, and then... Instead of bringing further night, light and knowledge, they come to kill him. But Guy's got some powers, too. Well, they're, they're concerned about this guy because he's different. Something, he's breaking, he's breaking he's the programming. He's the programming. not following the programming. It's like, it's like uh, well, well, how's it going down there? Well, very well. Except for this guy. He's, right. he's not listening to the teachings that he's, are being... He's not getting the vaccine. Yeah, you know, again to bring up Djokovic, it's very, very interesting. But there's literally an element of this in that temple ceremony. Absolutely, and, and Mor Mormonism is unique because it's the one Christian denomination that actually has an active temple cult. Don't take offense at that. That doesn't mean what you think it means. We have a temple practice. 
where we go through and we participate in a secret esoteric ceremony. And in that ceremony, the two main characters, which every single initiate, every single person that goes through the ceremony is supposed to consider themselves being Adam and Eve, those main characters are accosted by the god of the world. And uh, the messengers from the good side come and they ask what's going on. And that god says, well, I'm just down here observing the teaching of these people. And they say, well, how's that going? And he says, well, well, first they ask him what's being taught. <laughs> what, is, what is being taught? The philosophies of men mingled with scripture. And, and then they say, well, how's that teaching being received? And he says, it's being received very well, except for this guy, this man, Adam, this right. guy right. is not following the script. That's because he's been lit up, turned on by the divine feminine. And He's awakened, and he has the sunglasses on. And, and of course, remember, he's, it's not like it's just the woman. His programming was created by the man. He is the man, okay? He he's epitomizes the man. He's, the, he's the, that in embryo. And he's out of the perceived accepted order. <laughs> he is not right. doing the approved stuff. Right, And they're mad at him because he has this special skin that was given to him by the, the fallen creators, which is significant. That's something, again, we don't talk about the skins. We, there's what, what we say in, in Mormonism, see, I got to be careful because I know there's a lot of context necessary here. I hope if you're listening that you will be mature enough not to run screaming from the room and that you'll think about it maybe post comments, maybe go do some research or whatever. But we're told that one of the reasons we came to this world was to get a body. And I've traced that back to some discussion in the teachings of the prophet Joseph Smith, where Joseph Smith said, um, you came here to have a body and present it pure, the, uh, pure and undefiled before God. Now, these were the words of William Clayton. The problem with most of what Joseph Smith said is, that they were that has been jotted down and left in journals and and it got transcribed or it got uh, remembered later and then it m- makes it into our Sunday school classes as if well at least if we're talking about what Joseph said which we generally aren't but if we do it makes it in there as uh, some sort of supportive evidence for whatever the correlated lesson is trying to say and it's a deeply held belief that we came here to, quote, get a body. Now, the bodies are important. They do give you power over the adversary, right? They are the, the vehicles by which you navigate the fallen world. But this body goes from ashes to ashes, dust to dust. It, it disintegrates. It's not the body. There are bodies that are celestial and terrestrial. And then there are flesh bodies, according to Paul in 1 Corinthians. So the aspect of the body is important. There are bodies. Bodies are important. But the one you want will be an immortal body. And it may or may not look like the one you have here. There are a lot of people who hear those discussions in Gospel Doctrine class about, oh, I'm going to have a body that looks like I was when I was 25 years old. And they go, well, no, I want to be a little taller. Or I want to be a little shorter. I want to be a little bit square-shouldered. Or I want to... Okay, (laughs) Think in the abstract, okay? Don't don't allow the literalists to get you down, and don't think that you're going to get this one back. You'll just have to go to the cash shop and buy a different skin, <laughs> 1999 or 350 gold galleons. <laughs> exactly. The the video game industry is has some really interesting 
allegorical relationships to how how this works in reality. But going back to those statements of Joseph Smith, if you'll read Andrew E. Hatt's words of Joseph Smith and go look at the discussion of um, that moment in time when Joseph was was teaching that and 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 uh, William Clayton recorded it that you came here to have a body remember that's the basis that's this idea that you if you if you didn't come here you couldn't have gotten a body okay another guy named McIntyre recorded it differently and he said that the saints had bodies he said the saints had bodies of flesh and blood in the presence of God before they came here <laughs> okay, so skins are important, and when the watchers go into the world, they have to put on the appropriate attire, and this is symbolized in all of this, all of the rituals that we do by clothing. Okay, because if you if you're Mormon, you know there's multiple layers of clothing, and the clothing represents something, and they put on the attire appropriate for the environment they're about to enter. Well, guy is there in that world and he is always being talked about because of his skin and they talk about right. skins when and the, they're, they're changing skins and all this stuff. When the two game mods, the game masters go to kill him, they start calling him blue shirt guy because he's just wearing a blue button up and khakis, right? That's his generic bank see, this is where This outfit. is where I don't, think the, I don't think the authors really got it. I, they may have understood a little bit because their Iron Man, the Iron Man character in the Avengers is also very similar. He takes the Iron Man suit and puts it on and then he makes multiple suits and he changes suits right. all the time and his, his suits continue to progress. Right, they're moving that into Spider-Man now too. Oh, okay. Multiple suits. Yeah, because but this is a clear metaphor. But but he but the idea that he's blue shirt guy is like no this is just regular Joe you know it might be the voice in the wilderness it might not be the guy in the suit right Hugh Nibley called him the man in the gray flannel suit okay you appearances can be deceiving I think is the point here so they 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 chase him around the city and in the in the uh, in the uh, scene you know. Guy is kind of figuring out the powers he's now have. You know, there's little things he can use, you know, to boost himself. He's, and he's progressing. Jump around. And, and, he's, and thinking, he's doing it by doing good. Well, he hasn't even got to there yet. Oh, okay. But, but he, he, he escapes kind of. He ends up falling off a building and splatting all over the road. The people, the, the game mods think, okay, we've killed him. Thus ended blue shirt guy. Yeah, they actually ran him over. He, he doesn't splat mm. on the road. He uses one of his tools it, which is an inflatable landing device. Right. And then he gets run over by the cops and they think that they got him. And they say, and then there's this interesting dialogue. He says, I just checked the server stats. We killed blue shirt guy and the number of players online didn't change. It's just a glitch, man. It's not a big deal. I know, I know. It just seems like that's something new, you know? And he says, I know what you're thinking. You should not talk to Antoine. I just think it's important to be transparent. And then he says, Antoine is deep in the sequel launch which is important because Antoine, remember, Antoine already usurped one world and now he is secretly, well, not, not secretly, but he is launching Free City 2 at the time, but he is, he is lying to the customers about it. He is saying that all Free City 1 characters, because again, in these video games, real people spend real time and money developing these characters and you feel somewhat of an attachment to them. 
Well, he's saying Free City 1 characters will import over to Free City 2. But in but reality, they reality won't. they won't. So he's the deceiver is deceiving. He's the father of lies. <laughs> he even tells a lie and, and boasts about it. Anyway. I bring in, at that very point when he's talking about that. So the, the people have noticed Free Guy and his blue shirt. And, and they then, love him, and he's doing good, right? He's out there. Yeah. And uh, there's this other dialogue. It's, uh, um, he talks about, this, this, is the, this, is the, this is when it flashes back to that interview with the journalist, right? Okay. And Keith says, we never dreamt this would, would happen. I mean, life itself is essentially a fishbowl game. People aren't playing it. They're watching it grow. It's strictly, strictly observational experience where computer-generated characters interact and evolve. I thought we'd be lucky to give it away. And then Millie says, that's what's so charming about Keys. He's clueless about his own genius. And he says, no, Millie is the genius. She built the AI engine from the ground up. And he says, so to get a little personal, this is the journalist, what's the thing that gets you up in the morning? And Keys says, medium coffee, cream, two sugars. Another little head nod to he is guy, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then what's the other thing? Oh, yeah, an insatiable thirst for validation. That's what... Well, that's the girl. Uh, no, because then... And then, yeah, she says that. And then he says, she's not kidding. And she says, I'm not. And then the reporter says, what about you? Says this to... Yeah, she so the, was the, the one cream that, and two she, sugars was... That was her coffee. Sorry, that's the cream what and two guy sugars... Always, but he noted that about her, yeah, right? Yeah, that's why Guy is always getting that coffee. And then the reporter says, how about you two? keys and he says code and she says code yeah code in other words creation code is creating i don't know you've coded things right but it's a double meaning too code means like uh you remember right you secret remember codes. Yeah, secret code like in uh what was it uh megamind code watch out bobby a rock is about to code run fast right I and love, then i love megamind <laughs> and then here, Millie says, here we go. And Keyes says, because it's not just zeros and ones, it's hidden messages. I like to think of myself actually not as a code writer, but as an author. I just use zeros and ones instead of words because words will let you down. But zeros and ones, never. Zeros and ones are cool as... Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's not kidding. I'm not. Mm-hmm. And then she, she talks about, well, there's chemistry between you guys. And they're, oh, no, 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 no. We're friends. It's platonic. And, of course, it's not, but they don't want to admit that. But Well, ke- chem- chemistry, the, uh, it's true that that's a, an age-old romantic type of a thing, but it does come out of alchemy, uh, this idea that you're going to turn lead into gold, right? Sure. Which is another progression metaphor. Um, the first alchemical text is called the chemical wedding of Christian Rosenkreutz, which was, uh, like 12th, 13th century. Now maybe it's 14th or 15th century, uh, out of Bavaria in Germany, there was a allegorical story told about a, a man that goes through progression and sees elements of what's happening in the cosmos. Very interesting. But am that's, I, 
getting things mixed up or is that sort of alluded to in one of Shakespeare's plays? Aren't, aren't there two characters? Which play? Is it Macbeth that has Rosen, Rosencrantz and... Well, there's a lot of uh, discussion about whether or not Shakespeare, the actor, really wrote this stuff. A lot well, of people right. attribute it to Edmund de Vere, Earl of Oxford, which came... He, he's theoretically the illegitimate son of Queen Elizabeth. And these were all students of uh, John Dee, and it was a very hermetic or esoteric time there in the English monarchy. A lot of people call her... It's Hamlet. A lot of people call her, her court the Egyptian court because she had a lot of weird stuff going on there. There's two minor characters, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are in Hamlet. And then a man named Tom Stoppard. Yeah, I, I wrote, guess I'd... Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. We would need to... But so that's probably an overt, mention, uh, an overt homage to, uh, to Rosencrantz, yeah. Because, anyway. because the idea is that in, in Shakespeare, in Shakespeare, there is a heck of a lot of this type of allegory, even way back then. Oh, right. Clearly, he was trying to tell us some of these things. All right, we got to jump ahead a little bit in the plot here, but... Guy levels up to 100, and he does so by not killing and looting and burning, but by being a good guy. Right. He helps people. He stops. He prevents the, the burning and looting and killing. And along the way, he has to kill some people, but he does so to stop other things. He kind of becomes a- He becomes a hero. Batman type. A true hero. Right. And he gains in knowledge and experience. He gets money- he uh, he gets uh, more abilities. He kind of figures out this world around him, right? Mm-hmm. But he keeps the same skin. Now, normally in a video game, when you you get, you have your generic starter gear, mm-hmm. you want to get rid of that as soon as possible because you want to be powerful and you want to look cool and you want everyone mm-hmm. to know you're powerful and cool. Mm-hmm. You know, some video games, for example, in the older versions of World of Warcraft, there was gear, you know, armor and weapons that you could get by only doing the most exclusive, most difficult content. Mm -hmm. They've kind of watered that down nowadays. But if you saw another player with that gear, you knew immediately, you said, that guy has killed Anixia the dragon. You're like, that's awesome. Because I've never done that. I don't don't play this game enough, or I don't have friends that can do it, or or maybe you can... so you would say to the guy, what is that apron you have on? And he says, it's an emblem of my power and my priesthood. Not so much in those words, oh, but, okay. but yes. Or weird. <laughs> that's weird that that stuff or shows up. you would see someone without that gear and think, you're a scrub. You're a noob. You're a casual. You don't even have the, you don't even have the sword of whatever. I, I, I hope if you're LDS out there, if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and you're really... I hope that you're not offended that I bring that up. It's important that we discuss the metaphor. Well, you're Otherwise, not, we'll never. You're not. We do, will never take advantage of having that in our midst. You're not doing it in any sort of derogatory well, I, way. There are certain things that you agree not to disclose. I haven't disclosed anything that I've agreed right. not to disclose. So along the way, see, remember, Free City is a big popular game in the real world of the movie caused, caused by tsunami. Right. Free City was caused and by, so, made by. And so something like this happening get, gets national attention. There's even a Jeopardy question about it. Mm-hmm. Who is Blue Shirt Guy? Yeah. And people are watching the game, you know, on, on services, you know, streaming services. And, and this Blue Shirt Guy 
is becoming popular. He's you got this. There's this awesome scene where like a little Korean kid is dressed like him, and he says something like, "Don't have a great day," or "Don't have," you know. Yeah. It, it's just he's he's becoming an icon, and everyone's wondering who is he? Who's the real person behind the guy? Like because mm-hmm. everyone thinks he's a player. And, and, you know, journalists, I think maybe, maybe even the same journalist that interviews the two is like, how is it that you could make a character in a game like this who does good instead of bad? And it becomes a phenomenon, right? And finally, it gets the attention of Antoine. Antoine. And Antoine thinks it's awesome. At, at first, first, yeah. He's like, this is great. People are paying attention to my game. We're going to get sales for Free City 2, man. This is awesome. That's my Antoine. <laughs> it's not very good. Anyway, so he thinks it's awesome. Let, let's, he's, he wants to pump it up. All the while, still, Free Guy, as he's learning and progressing in knowledge, he still has a sense of innocence about him because he doesn't yet know who he really is. He doesn't know he's an NPC in a fake world. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know that, and even if he did, he wouldn't understand it yet. So he's just doing what... Millie tells him to do because he wants to talk to her. And along the way, he starts talking to her. They even go on a date. He shows her parts of the game that she's never been to before because there's no missions there. There's no loot. And, and why would she go explore parts of the game that right. didn't give her a reward? That's all symbolic. I'll, I'll save that for a minute. You keep going on the storyline because you're, you're getting somewhere here. But we got to talk about the woman in a greater detail. And, and it, we'll do it at the point where you get to the reboot. Okay. When, when it reboots and she has to revive him. Right. Because that's significant. Along all all along this time, as guys progressing, Millie, remember, Millie is scouring the game. She doesn't even like the game. She's playing it looking for clues to her game, right? Looking for evidence right. that Antoine stole her code. Because he he remember, he bought it fair and square and then shelved it, which happens. It sucks, but it happens. But at least but, you pay for but I'm, it. But I'm, I think implied is the idea they were going to take royalties. They were going to be involved in it. Right. Instead, he yeah. shelved it, shoved them to the side. Yeah, but, but, but remember, he didn't just shelve it. He, he modeled his right. world based on he the lied. world where they used to live. The father okay. of lies is he, lying again. He stole he the world. He stole it and then built his world, built Free City from it. So he, he broke the contract. Uh, and Millie is... Remember, she needs a. She has an insatiable desire for validation, and she she trusts her gut in this, and mm-hmm. she's pursuing this right. this cause in a legal uh, dispute, which is not going to go anywhere because you can't prove it. So that's what she's looking for: is proof, proof, proof. She's got keys on the inside, but he's 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 afraid. He's afraid to jeopardize his job and. Uh, so for a long time, he just puts her off, right? And he, and he denies his destiny, uh, protecting, you know, his worldly security. There's, we could go off on that, but we don't need to. Uh, Millie gets a hot tip that there's a guy who has... Evidence. Evidence, a sec- you know, that there's a secret level, right? It's Channing Tatum avatar played by another his name is revengeman buttons <laughs> yeah played by in the real character a less physically impressive it's uh, hilarious person and he's always yelling at his mom mom why don't vacuum i'm streaming to my crowd <laughs> anyway um 
it gets to the point where Guy and Millie team up, right? And they go and they uh, and but Guy's so famous that Channing Tatum's just like, "You're you're blue shirt guy. You can, you want this? You can have it." Yeah, you know they they try to break in and steal it, and it doesn't it work. It doesn't work because he has security he systems, has too good which of is security. like basically it's NPC guards that start shooting him. It's this matrix like shootout. Yeah. It's pretty cool. They just keep respawning, and that's kind of where that's where Millie is reintroduced to Guy as the the new guy, right? The new and improved, leveled up guy, and he comes flying in on the motorcycle. He's and been they, prepared, right? For what comes next, you have to prepare in the world. You can't go from zero to a hundred. You have to go from zero to one, then one to two, then two to three. The, this is what's problematic when you try to put the sunglasses on somebody. Is you know something, what you know you can't explain, but you feel it. <laughs> no, not quoting the Matrix anymore. the The problem is you cannot do the Vulcan mind meld on people and just get them to drink from the fire people hose. have to discover people have to discover these things and you can help and then line upon line level by level and sometimes big revelations like putting the sunglasses on but they have to take the sunglasses one skill point into an intellect at a time people have to put the sunglasses on you can't force the sunglasses on and that it's funny because that movie they live with the sunglasses uh also has a scene where Rowdy Roddy Piper, who's the main character, mm-hmm. tries to he beats up his friend trying to put the sunglasses right. on him, but he can't get him to do it. <laughs> well, and there's an important scene with Buddy where the same thing happens, right? There's a bank robbery or something, and Buddy's on the ground, and Guy says, "Just put you got to put these on," and he can't. He he can't. And why can't do he? it? He's afraid. Exactly. He's afraid. He's afraid of what fear he, is the mind killer. He's he's afraid of what he might learn. And you know, the character guy uh Buddy, security guard, he's kind of the he's kind of the slapstick best friend. And at this moment though, he's he sheds that that skin, if you want to say that. He That's sheds a good way to put it. He he and he's he reveals that all of his his kind of happy go lucky positive attitude is sort of a facade because underneath that is someone who knows that there's more could be more but he he's afraid he doesn't want to know and he he says to buddy i can't do it i can't and and it's kind of sad but in the end he redeems himself a little bit he's still kind of doing so in ignorance he's like i don't know what i'm doing but i'm doing it and it feels great <laughs> so he and, does and, redeem himself and, 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 and all the people <laughs> all the people of the city tend to redeem themselves they all come out and they they have a sort of a mass repentance right. thing, which is the only thing that really could save this world. You're, you're making the hand gestures of the guy that can't put his hands down. One of the, one of the guys is called hostage guy. He, he is told, you know, you don't have to keep your hands up. He's like, oh, this doesn't feel right. You know, it's hard to break. I can't take the mask off. It's hard to break the programming. It really is. So, but, but they, it's funny because they, they develop that idea that if we all did at the same time repent, we could make a change in this world. Right. But that's the only thing that could change this world. But that was never the point. The point was never to have the mass repentance moment. The world that we're in has to be burned. And in the end, that is exactly what happens to their world. It gets destroyed. Millie and Guy, they team up. And they're they're on the cusp of discovery. Right. And Antoine does something that is in the movie version of the video game world is unheard of. They shut down the servers. They reboot. Now, people, let me tell you something. This happens all the time. Let me tell you loud and clear. <laughs> video games get shut down 
all the time for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> and it's a pain in the butt if you want to play that game. Servers have issues, right? But in this case, it's like a type of shutdown that wipes it wipes the game. It resets the game. The reason that they do it is they he realizes Antoine realizes through discussion with the creator, who is Keys, Keys. Walter Keys, he, he realizes that he's, he's changed his mind about Free Guy. He's no longer helping him. He wants to get rid of him. And so he realizes that he's an AI. And, uh, Keys tries to get him to stop, tries to, him, tries to get him to recognize the value of having that AI operating. He takes a... He's, he says it's a Nobel Prize worthy. Right. But what Keyes doesn't quite figure out at the moment, but is starting to realize that, but that Antoine knows is that Guy is proof that he stole the technology. Right. That he stole life itself. Right. So he. That's one of the reasons. And the other reason is that if this guy, (laughs) literally Guy. Yeah, this Guy guy. If he is in Free City 1 and he is so popular. Nobody's going to buy Free City 2. And already sales pre-orders for Free City 2 are tapering off because people want Guy. Right. So and he knows that Free City 2 is not going to have Guy because it's a completely different And this is, another, this is another evidence that Antoine is the demiurge, the fallen god, the, the Samael, the blind god, the rebellious god. It's because he's in it for himself. Right. And he doesn't care he, if the game's needs, good. He's been cut off from the heavens. He needs this to suck the life out of people. And he is not dedicated to the cosmic improvement of the people in the game. Right. And the other thing is people are enjoying this guy that's playing the game wrong, which is inspiring player no, he's characters. he's playing the game right. Well, wrong by, wrong by, by his standards, standards, which is also... It sparks a discussion. It has some, actually, there's some cameos by real world video game streamers in this scene. Oh, really? Where they're like, yeah, we've, we've been going about this all wrong. You know, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't be doing maybe the, we shouldn't kill people and loot thing. their bodies. And, and, it's, and it's this great scene where the world is starting to. I so, so the movie works on a lot of levels because there are people that connect into this and they see it just as a, a video game commentary. Sure. And what, what types of things we're doing in video games and. And whether AI is possible, you know, but then we're looking at it at a really deep level here. Well, and Keys tries to take that approach with Antoine. And you do, yeah, you see the, the, the tug of war between these ideas. So Antoine, of course, is the, the base evil element. And he's like, well, how do I get rid of this guy? Well, I reboot the world. And that will get rid of the I'll AI. I'll destroy the world that's been created. Just to destroy one man. Yeah. Weird. And he, he does it, and, and the reason that's a problem, because again, in the real world, our world, rebooting a server doesn't do what it does in this game, right? The NPCs, what, what it will do is maybe... Uh, Erasing data could, but, r- right. but in this case, it, you know, there's, a lot of, there's a little bit of magic here because the, the concept of an AI is really tricky. People think right. somehow that we're going... And, and this is... I have a little bit of a technical background, and I'm going to just take a minute here and talk about artificial intelligence. My opinion is that it can't really exist through the digital sphere because it's so finite. You know, you can't divide um, 
three into two parts evenly. There's, it's, it's digital. It's not analog. Analog is different. Analog has all the gradations and digital has a decimal point. And so, so it's problematic if you, if you're thinking about waves versus digital, uh, we we have a there's a resonance to us i know i'm not making a lot of sense technically but i don't think that artificial intelligence is actually possible because of the finite aspects of the digital technology and we want we gotta at some point get to transcendent the movie transcendent and selfless another Mm -hmm. ryan reynolds movie to talk about by the way ryan reynolds apparently worked on the original draft of the script with the writer Lieberman. Really? Okay. So maybe there's more Reynolds in here than we... There might be. Maybe he's a little bit more esoteric than we know. I don't know. He's been in some interesting movies. We, we gotta, we'll, maybe we'll he's look at that. He's been in a lot of movies. He cranks them out. Yeah. He's and most of popular. them are pretty good. I mean, he's, he's, he's got that kind of dry, mm-hmm. understated sense of humor, and he says funny things like, this feels like... Uh, this coffee is like my tongue had a baby with the sun. Yeah, that's funny. You know, and I think a lot of that's just him ad-libbing. I don't think yeah. a lot of that's written. <laughs> but interesting. Well, any, anyway, my point about AI is that here you you said you can't just do this in the real world. And well, that that's well, a good point. What I meant was like if you take down a server, a World of Warcraft server and then reboot it, the the game will still exist. The NPCs are still going to say, "Keep your feet on the ground." Now, maybe if there was an NPC that was now saying, I don't want to keep my feet on the ground. I want to fly. <laughs> I don't know what that, what okay. that was, but <laughs> then maybe rebooting the server would wipe that out, right? And that's the idea. Well, the but idea is that hard, he's developed... It's a hard reset. But it's still digital. I mean, it's still in right. RAM. It could, if it's in RAM, it can be but on... This is a, this uh, is, it's a plot device, right? The hard drive. What it is, though, what it represents is... It, what it represents is is the oligarchy controlling what people do and think and say and mm-hmm. how we evolve. They don't, we're progressing in ways they don't want us to progress. We have to, we have to ruin that. They've already tried to kill him. Then they idolized him, trying to profit off of him and his progression and his light and knowledge. Now they can't destroy him. Mm-hmm. They can't delete him from the server. Again, I, I mean, this is they, a little there's bit, some, but there's some a, technical plot holes here. N- well, but, but look, well, this is also, you make some good points about the oligarchy, but this goes way back to the beginning where Adam incarnates into the world without memory. And that's one of the things, one of the, right. one of the, you, no, when, you don't realize it, but when you come here, you receive the blows of death. We've talked about how this is the death world and you, you, you incarnate into a mortal body, a mortal, the word mortal comes from Latin. It literally derives from the word death. So you come right. into a death body, a dead body. And it's going to die. It's going into entropy, and you lose your memory. And those are the those are the big tools that Satan has to use against us: fear of death in the mortal body, and the fact that you don't remember anything. Because if you remembered, you'd have no problem. And so that's why he reboots him. It's it's uh, not at the start of the show, but right. it's, it's it's proving that archetype. I'm laughing here because I'm reading the dialogue and. I'm trying to remember if, well, she, she says, she says, Millie, or Millie says to Guy in the game, right? Molotov girl says, 
you know, we've got to talk. And he goes, what's going on with your voice? Where's your Australian accent? Right, right. So this is after he gets rebooted, right? No. This this is before? I'm pretty sure she tells him this. this, This is when she tells him he's an NPC. Is that before he gets rebooted? Uh, yeah, I think that's why I, I was trying to look that up. But he says, what's going on with your voice? Where's your Australian accent? British. I think I know an Australian accent when I see one. <laughs> and then she says, I turned off the accent filter. This is me. Okay, good. Look, I have to tell you something really important. He says, are you married? And the <laughs> ice cream vendor goes, because oh, they've been going to the same ice cream guy to get bubblegum ice cream. Because again, he knows yeah. intrinsically that she likes it. Yep. And so he loves it. Because he's programmed that way. Because again, Guy is a, I think they even point this out. Guy is a love letter from Keys to Millie. Right. But It's, it's a love child. If, if you're going to use it in the uh, more esoteric sense, this is the creation of the great God and the goddess. It's the man, Adam. But this is before he gets rebooted, when they have this scene. Yeah, and, and he... She, he he says, man, that would have been the worst thing ever if you were married. She's like, maybe not the worst thing. And um, She explains to him the nature of his existence. Right. And she basically says, you're not real. And she points it out. Like she takes him to Phyllis. Has anyone seen my cat? And how all these people are doing the same things yeah. over and over. And she says, it's a game. And he says, I know it's a game. You taught me how to play it. <laughs> he says, you're right. I did. <coughs> But it's not just like it's a game. It's a video game, and that's all it is. So the entire world's a game? Yes. And we're all just players in the game? Not exactly. I'm a player. All these people here are players. We live in the real world, but you only exist here. You could never leave Free City. You're what we call an NPC. Mm -hmm. I am thankful for the protection my face provides. NPC, the policeman and the muscular bunny rabbit, they called me that. What's an NPC? Um, anyway, it goes on from there, but he, he tells her and it's, it's not a, when he figures it out, he's, he's really, he's devastated. I mean, who wouldn't be right. If you, to learn that your entire world is based on lies and deception and facades and false realities. It's the the worst part about it is that he can't go beyond the world. And that's where the allegory breaks down in my opinion, because she, the, the woman comes to the man and says, you are a child of earth, but of starry heaven, mm-hmm. and your race is of heaven alone, and you need to drink from the waters of memory. This is the Patelia tablet from uh, ancient Greece. It's one of the few examples of actual religious writings on metal plates, golden right. plates even. These were written right. on a golden plate. It's very esoteric, but the it's it's also it's not said from the point of view of the woman. It's the man who comes to the to the guardians. And he says, I am a child of starry heaven and of earth, but my race is of heaven alone. Quick, give me to drink of the cool spring of memory so that I may, uh, live. I'm parched of thirst and I'm dying. You know, that's, this is the, um, we we've linked or posted this picture a few times. It's the man poking his head out of the dome of the cosmos into the real world. It's Truman. That's where the Truman allegory doesn't break apart because Truman yeah, that's why you got to love the Truman Truman show. leaves Truman is literally in captivity right. in a fallen world <laughs> and he leaves and he and he goes to find that woman with the it's eyes kind of funny the that beautiful Tru- eyes Truman has his little catchphrase in case I don't see you it's close it's yeah. almost just like don't have yeah, a good day yeah. have a great day yeah but Truman leaves 
<coughs> he leaves the dome. He leaves the He dome. leaves the world. Free Guy can't because he's digital. And I think this is, again, I'm not sure these guys, what these guys really understood, but it's, it has to do with the metaphor itself, the, but the video game metaphor. In a sense, though, he does leave. He leaves Free City in the end mm-hmm. and exists in the new Yeah, but it's world. still, I'll tell you why I think that falls down at the very end. Sure. Well, because he doesn't get the girl. Well, it's not just that, but the very last <laughs> words that they say. Okay. Okay. But, well, but but look, can we talk goes, about the woman here? Guy guy goes back. Let me. Let, guy goes back to okay. Buddy, and he try again. He tries. He's like Buddy. It's not real. And, and Buddy, yeah, and he's and, like telling the woman, "Your cat, lock your door, cat lady. Yeah, we're crying out loud. Yeah. And 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 Buddy's like, he's like Buddy, just okay, go along with me, pretend. He's like, can I pretend I'm a ghost? <laughs> and then Buddy kind of gets it, but then he's like. Maybe it's okay because you know right now this is a great moment. I'm with my friend, and this is real. And I actually think that's a decent. I made note of that too when I when I was watching it. I was like, you know, they're trying to make up for the limitation there because what's real are the relationships, right? And 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 I think Buddy's got a point. And they're lasting. They last right past the reboot because the world, like you said earlier, we can't take it with us, right? but we can take that with us. We can take our relationships with us. Yeah, and Guy can take everything that he learned with him. Right. Yeah. And then, okay, let's just get to the reboot. I don't, I don't, we're getting too caught up in some of the plot, but the reboot, essentially, the server goes down and Guy loses his memory. Guy forgets everything. He wakes up having forgotten everything. This is the real, um, this is a huge plot point. It's a huge, uh, I mean, this is where the symbolism becomes literal, <laughs> almost. Um, he wakes up having forgotten everything. And so what does he do? He, do? he does what his programming tells him to do. He gets up and he goes to the bank. And all of the same things are happening, right? Mm-hmm. He wishes he could have the shoes. He wishes he could... He doesn't even wish anymore. He's just he's doing, just his, doing thing, his thing, right? And everything yeah. seems to be back to normal. Except... And here we talk about the woman, Millie. Uh, she now realizes how important Guy is, and she's coming to him to try to save the world, right? She comes to him with the intention of enlisting him to wake up the other non-player characters. Well, we need to mention, because we haven't, the world is literally about to be ended, because when Free City 2 launches, Free City 1, Free City goes offline meaning that world and everything in it is gone forever. Right. And so she needs him to wake up the, the uh, other players so that they can find the, the world that it was supposed to be in, in the game life itself that Millie and Walter had created, Walter Keys. And that's going to give her proof and it's going to give her lever, leverage over Antoine and hopefully through that process help her to save Guy and, and everybody else and, and save their world by bringing light to the situation so that everybody, including the Watchers, the entire cosmos, everybody knows what's gone on and they can see how important this iteration of Guy is. But she's got a problem and that is that everybody's rebooted and Guy is... Um, He's not, uh, he doesn't remember anything, right? But uh, Keys, he convinces Millie that she has a chance because, and he tells her, he even reveals his love to her through a little bit of a history video telling her how he created Guy. 
and he shows her how the the character has made all these choices that led to who he really is and you know explains what he, what he likes and why he likes it and how and he explains how he created her and he and he gives the woman the knowledge that allows her to awaken the man now this is very very significant she resuscitates him first of all it was the woman that brought to life the npcs in the first place she's the ai person right then she she resuscitates him she res, she resurrects him and she restores his memory he says i remember everything when she finally when he, when he finally comes around she kisses him and that's what causes him to to right. get his memory back so this is very archetypal there's a myth in egypt of osiris who is dismembered by set his brother and spread across the world and it's his his wife or his sister or his consort however you want to look at it isis who puts him back together and resurrects him and even in christianity there are implications that mary played a role mary magdalene played a role and Mary the mother played a role helping resur- helping the Lord to resurrect. Uh, there was the anointing of his feet, the washing of his feet, and then there are also the uh, the three gifts, the gold, frankincense, and myrrh that have very symbolic meanings. I'm being very vague here. I, there's just certain things you can't go out and, and talk about without a lot of context, but the mother kept those. Mother Mary kept those for the Lord and for his uh, later ceremonial anointing and and preparation Mm -hmm. for what they knew he would go through. And so the women do play a role. And again, who are the first people that the Lord reveals himself to after his resurrection? They're all women. Right. And the woman discovers him there, Mary, at the tomb. He's the one she's talking to. So the woman plays this huge role even in the resurrection of Christ. And here we have it in Free Guy. Guy is resurrected. He comes back. She turns him back on, brings, reboots him, brings him up to speed, helps him to recover his memory and his life and what, it's, and what his mission is supposed to be. Well, her name is Millie Rusk. And Millie is an interesting name because... It can mean a lot of different things. It comes from German, uh, Germanic origin. Uh, Amelia is a form of Millie, but it can mean girl or rival. I'm sorry, it doesn't mean girl. <laughs> That's in my notes. It can mean rival, but rival, it, it can, that can be looked at uh, contradictorily or, or, or in an opposition sort of way, but it can also be looked at as sort of like a com- uh, companion type of a way, okay? Uh, eager work or helper to the priest. Isn't that interesting? Bee or honey. These are all things associated with women. Right. Okay? Gentle strength, brave strength. That's what it can mean. So Millie means all of those things. Rusk means a marshland or, or uh, sort of a, re- a reed, a grassy, area now this is important because in egypt because why would you choose the name rusk this is Mm -hmm. where you go this has got to be intentional they Mm -hmm. selected millie rusk for a reason because they clearly selected antoine and uh walter keys mckees Mm -hmm. like 
if 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 the key wasn't right there in front of your face in this movie, <laughs> that his name is Keys McKee. I mean, come on, guys. So they are really trying to say something. So why did they select Rusk? Rusk meaning marshland or field of reeds. If you studied Egypt, you know that the field of reeds. Now, if you look it up, it's not going to say reeds. It's going to say a, a marsh with stiff grasses. But that's the Egyptian field of reeds. It's a, a marshy field where the reeds are growing. And that's a place where you go to in the afterlife, similar to the garden, the Garden of Eden. So she's a woman from the, a, she's a woman from the marshland or the field of reeds. The field, the reeds are important in Egypt because birds nest there. Birds are coming in and out. And in Egypt, the birds are like the angels. They have wings. Everything's got wings or feathers, and the feathers represent light and truth and intelligence and the glory of God. And the the main god, Horus, is either a falcon or has a falcon's or a hawk's head. And it's not because they thought their god had a hawk's head. It was so highly symbolic. If you think Egypt was literal, you really have brain damage because, I mean, you have these scenes where you have the goddess feeding an ankh, which is a cross with a circle on top, if you're not aware, to the initiate, to Osiris or Pharaoh or somebody. They like literally trying to put that ankh in their mouth. And that doesn't make any sense. These are not people who were just dancing around having these fertility rituals for no good reason. That's highly symbolic. The ankh represents eternal life. Yeah, life. It's the breath of life. She gives him life. Right. Here we have it in Free Guy. She gives him his life back. She gives him his memory back. And this is this is Millie. She also has a symbolic um, link to the tree of life, which is, if if you know your Norse mythology, the tree of life links the worlds. Yggdrasil. This is all in all the Captain America, Thor, uh, Avengers imagery. They go. They they totally go through it, and they show Thor and his companions traveling on the Bifrost, that fiery conduit, rain, rainbow conduit. Well, in here in the movie, the first one of the very first encounters, the second second encounter that I think that uh, Guy has with Millie, she has a portal gun. She portals him all over the place, and so she can transit supernaturally around this this world, and she can kind of come and go and and everything. And so so she is very much a prototypical divine goddess, and she brings him wisdom. She brings him this understanding, and she collaborates with the the creator male god who is keys and takes messages from him in a way through to the creation through to guy so right i'm i'm kind of speechless here I, there's so much <laughs> no you're not <laughs> there's so much to say no there seriously bobby there's so much to throw out here on the table no, that we can't you. because it does require a lot of context and and you you really got to stop and think about this you've got to stop and think about our godhead you've got to stop and think about how you're being influenced now you're speechless okay <laughs> no this is excellent and and uh a lot more than than I was even planning to talk about with this, but it's uh, it's all there. It's 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 symbolic, it's literal, and it's great that Millie and, Millie and Keys have this love story going right. on because that is that is really cool. Well, after Guy wakes up and remembers everything, he takes 
Millie. Oh, by the way, guy, just to back up what I was saying earlier about her in the tree, they do show at the ice cream parlor place. Or it's not an ice cream place. It's down by the the seashore. It's in a park. It's in a park. But they show them having this blissful uh, experience there in, uh, with the park. And you've got the you've got guy remembering his happy time, and and she remembers how happy she is, and she even lets him kiss her there. She's she's kind of fallen in love with him almost, right. or she's st- starting to. She doesn't realize what's going on. But they're free. They, they, it was a time when they were free. And it all, those swings, and they keep coming back to it, those swings are underneath a tree that is completely covered in lights. Right. It is a tree, white and highly desirable. Right. Mo- the fruit of which is the most desirable of all. Right. all. Right. You know, it's this white <laughs> tree, this this burning bush, whatever you want to call well, it. it she's, <laughs> she's totally associated with the tree. They're also apart from large and spacious buildings. Yeah, they're out in the field. And darkness yeah. and wilderness. You know, it's it's, it's a, highly it, desirable. That it's moment. extremely yeah. uh, the 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 imagery there. And, and look, guys, mi- imagery and things that go on in it's the all movies are not mistakes or yeah. or happenstance. It's planned. They they're very deliberate in their set design. Down to you know which down Coke, to the whether tree it's Coke or Pepsi, on depending on who paid for the yep. for the paid sponsorship. But guy takes Millie. Molotov girl. Maybe there's some symbolism in the name Molotov girl because she kind of burns down. Yeah, the, the evil, reality. But yeah, he takes the her to reality. his apartment and he says, "Finally, guy, he understands what Millie's mission is. Mm-hmm. Takes it upon himself, and he flips the blinds. Remember this scene? Yeah, yeah, I love that. He flips the. He's blinds. like, I can't remember where I'm. I've seen this, but I've seen what you're looking for. They, she shows him the world. And they're trying to find it. And he says, I know this place. He takes her to his apartment. And on the backside of his blinds is Millie's original creation. Yeah. Millie and Key's original creation. Yeah, it's their game. Their world. And what happened. Their paradise. Their paradisiacal garden-like world. Antoine forgot to remove the reflections from the game, right? Yep. And so... A little software glitch, some shoddy programming proves right there that that the game, life itself, exists at, hidden inside this this uh, free city, this false world. And they know they they figure out that it's outside the boundaries. Was right? it on the east? I can't remember. There's a directional I, I, thing there. I don't remember. But they get a little help from Keys, right? They 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 right. work they're working with keys and keys figures out where it is and he sh- he figures out how to get them to it and along the way the NPCs are waking up they're kind of rallying behind the cause and Antoine starts smashing the servers with an axe he's decided that it's better that nobody has this world right so he he starts smashing and he tries it to with destroy the children so the, of of Millie and Keys the world. The the world of free city is literally like like it's falling away. It's an apocalyptic scene. Which, it's disintegrating. Again, we'll we'll overlook the technical <laughs> elements of that for the plot, but they're running from this this destruction, right? Mm-hmm. Millie gets offline because he pulls a plug on all the players, and then it's just it's guy. just guy. Guy has to make it, but guy has to defeat the demons 
in himself, literally himself. Right, but remember also what what happened here is uh, that he's been shown the path to the... Yeah, and Buddy helps him see that. Buddy helps him see the path, but he's been shown the path to the real world. Right. And the world, a bridge to the real world is created by keys. He becomes, in actual reality, the pontifex, which is a word they use in Latin for priest in the Catholic Church. Pontifex, bridge builder. He builds a bridge from one place to another here. So we, and of course, who's the great pontifex? The Lord is. So here you have him creating a bridge and they're about to try to cross it. And w- what does he have to confront? And this this shows up in all kinds of myths. There's right. a ritual Star combat. Wars. A ritual combat that occurs Harry before Potter. he can go across into the real world. So he's left alone. Millie can no longer help him. Her character is taken offline. But... Uh, uh, and so he's... He, he now is dependent Antoine, upon the light within himself, and he does Antoine, remember, and he has his mission. Yeah. Antoine had, for Free City 2, was developing a new and improved free shirt guy. <laughs> this is one of the funniest shirt parts guy. of the show. <laughs> and he's not ready, right? He's not done. And he's like, put him in the game anyway. So here comes this beefed up, you know... Beefcake. Uh, beefcake <laughs> version of Ryan Reynolds. It's a bodybuilder that they've uh, CGI'd but, Reynolds' sort of face on. Yeah, and it, and it, again, he's not his done name, yet. His name is Dude. Dude. And, you know, he's Does like, this represent the natural man? As what A question mark I made. I like your take on it, that he represents the demons from within the man. Yeah, I, I think the man. because yeah. it, it's him. It's, it's, it's this version of himself that maybe could have been had he succumbed to the incentives and the temptations of free city had he beefed himself up gotten the different skins mm-hmm. and just he has a like a blue shirt tattooed on his one of his pecs yeah <laughs> yeah he's still blue shirt guy what what is his uh doesn't, what does his underwear say oh, his underwear remember. has something written on it but uh, and he's got he says he has like three catchphrases there's two of them and then the one that didn't get done is catchphrase <laughs> yeah and he can't finish sentences because again his programming is incomplete he's unleashed upon the world but but he's tough and he's strong and he's beating the crap out of guy guys tried all of his tricks you know from the abilities he oh, has his underwear says game over <laughs> yeah and he's beaten the snot out of him and the whole world is watching because somehow he's again Keys streamed it live He's streaming to all the it watchers. live from a laptop that is, the company didn't take from him. Overlook all the stupid yeah, little but, but, plot but, holes. But this is it. I mean, the, the, this is Truman on the boat. The truth being all over again. This is the truth being shouted from the housetops. This is it's, when this is the reality uh, when when everything is revealed. We're now approaching the judgment, the real world. It's Truman on the boat yet again. Yeah. Right when the whole world is watching to see if he would die, if he would fail. And the world would collapse. So everybody's rooting for Guy. And dude's beating the snot out of him. And just when it looks like it's over, Buddy buddy helps him, right? Mm-hmm. Throws him a portal gun, right? If I'm remembering right. Tosses and, him a portal gun and then throws him his glasses. And Because he needs the glasses to yeah, be, the be glasses able to access gotten, the, player, the player level stuff. The, the glasses got knocked off of him. And then... He finds some other glasses, I think, or maybe they're his own, and he throws them on Dude. He takes his glasses and he puts... He, and he, Dude <laughs> just gets distracted by all the bright lights. Right. You know. He immediately stops trying to Ooh. fight but, uh, Shiny. Guy. 
Right. His kind of uh, adolescent nature Which, takes over. But it can mean a lot of things. But clearly, light has power over darkness. And right. And when he is exposed to the light, it's like, well, why would I, it, why well, would I beat this guy up when... I could That's not these, my reality. Yeah, look at these other neat things. Look I at can this other reality that I have. And his hateful programming, his programming to destroy is overcome. And Guy can run down the path where his friend Buddy sacrifices himself. And Buddy gets obliterated. And Guy goes on all by himself, completely alone at this point. A, lo- a lone man in the wilderness to the, to the secret hidden level. That is life itself. Yeah. And they, of course, they name it that for a real reason. But uh, once he enters that, he has to make that final leap of faith because he can't see it. He gets to the end of the bridge. <sighs> he takes the leap from the lion's head, to use a, an Indiana Jones metaphor. <laughs> right. He lands on solid ground and he's in the real world. Which in, in the Indiana Jones metaphor, he's able to finally get the Holy Grail at that point, right. which is uh, important. But he ends up in the garden and the whole world sees it and the creation is saved because of that action. Yeah. And everybody knows it and everybody knows everyone watching. Remember, it's being streamed. They know that Antoine's a fraud. Yeah. I guess it technically isn't comes- saved because Antoine's still ready to ki- destroy the world, but the woman in the in the real world, Millie, makes a deal with him, which is a little this she, is where it gets a little she's, weird. She stops him. The the ending's a little a little weak. I'll agree with you there. She stops him from from destroying the last server, which has her code mm-hmm. on it, their game, her and Key's so game the, on it. In a in a correct sense, all the players are essentially destroyed and if the players represent the fallen watchers then it makes sense that they're out of the new world right everyone levels up to the new world which is a little mushy in our esoteric comparison but the but the higher level beings do have to move on which is interesting because millie millie's no longer in the world there right she represents our higher level uh sent sent ones like hunibly's sent ones she creates she creates a new molotov girl right her avatar's in the movie, or in, in the life itself. Oh, is it in life itself? Yeah, and she has that discussion with him, and he's, he, and she, and he's like, she's like, I have to go now. He's like, I know, you're a real person in the real world. I'm, okay, I guess I'd have to revise that. But what it is, it's also, for at least a guy, it's a return to where you came from, but in an ascended form. Yeah. So his is an ascension tale back to a reunion with his creator. It's interesting that Keys never has an avatar in, in the game, right? That we see, but Millie does, mm-hmm. of course. Even there at the end, and then Buddy comes back. Buddy's, you know, I'm I'm back, and he's still, you know, the security. It's a guard. happy ending. Well, that's the ending is when he sees Buddy and he recognizes right. his friend, and his friend is all amped up about having a different life, a new life, right. a better life than what he had in the free quote free city. Right, right, and and. I guess the I guess here you know it does break down a little bit, but it's here you have this this creation of this AI now free to evolve and progress, meaning the creations of the gods mm-hmm. are free to progress in their own in their own sphere in their own way, line mm-hmm. upon line, precept upon precept, mm-hmm. level by level. 
skill point by skill point, talent yeah. point by talent point. And if you look at it that way, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. The pro the problems I have is that he can never come into the real world. There's not a path for him to become like his creator. So that's one of my problems. And then the second problem I have here is right at the end that Buddy asks him, "Well, what do we do?" And uh, Guy says whatever we want. Right. And that's the problem is that there is a definite culture out there that that's what you're supposed to do in this world. Because if you're, if you're looking at it as a metaphor of waking up away from the, the evils of this world and continuing to live in this world, rather than having the world rectified, having the cosmos set right by the gods, and then going into the real world to continue your progression. If, you, if you're thinking we're going to fix this world, turn it into that paradise like Guy and Buddy are in, and Dude even, Dude is even there. Yeah. And uh, who and he Still loves, he's holding, holding, like a, holding like a basket of kittens or something. Still unfinished programming. I guess yeah. Millie and Keys will get to that. Well, but that's the, po- that's the point is they're, they're letting everybody mill around. So it's not a perfect an- analogy, but th- there's a sort of a, an anti-hermetic, some people might call it hermetic, but uh, hermetic, again, the word her- hermetic derives from Hermes, the Greek messenger god. It's really, Hermes is related to Enoch, who's related to Thoth in Egypt, uh, Mercury in Rome. He's the, he's the god that brings all the knowledge to to uh, the man Adam and Eve, the woman Eve. So her- when I say hermetic, I mean it, it, it relates back to that Enochian tradition in a more esoteric, hidden way you know, symbolic way. So anyway, the more, the more esoteric crowd out there, there's a, there's a couple of divisions. There's this argument that, uh, that the phrase do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law is good in the sense that it's talking about agency. You do what you want, but there's a whole other counter argument that do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law is contradictory to the idea that it's God's will that we need to align with and do God's will while we're here in this world rather than our own will. And, and we, we need to do that because we're blind and we've lost our memories. And therefore, if we follow God's will, we will be participating in the roles we promise to play as we help put down the rebellion of the, the fallen gods who have stolen the world. So, so you, that's, that's you, where I if, think... If, I come down on that latter side. I think that do what thou wilt is well, and that would make sense in the if you were looking at it that way with him, uh, with him expelling God, the Creator, from his presence at the end. You you know you go you you live in you're a different realm. Yeah, we're good now. And I I didn't ever I don't think that again I don't I don't think that that is the messaging. It could certainly be there. That that's I kind of think that was intentional. What do you do? You do whatever you want. Sure, that's that's obviously something that, especially nowadays, right? Because because what do you Nobody what do you really of... what do you really want? Who's st- that's where the problem of the unseen evil right enters into this discussion. Because if we were in a if we were in a garden terrestrial type of a world without the rebellion going on, then the man Adam or the the man free guy would really be free. But here in, here in this world, we're captive to what they want because we're always being uh, subterraneously, subterraneously attacked or under our skin, un- inside of us, subconsciously, psychologically, spiritually attacked. 
and 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 we don't really have a good handle on what's us and what's God and what's the what's the bad guys. I mean, you think about it. You everyone out there, think about the voices in your head. Nobody wants to admit that they have these voices, but you have these impulses and these ideas. We. <laughs> we didn't even, we don't know we not only do we admit it we say the things out loud and record it and then put it on the mindvirus.show these are the voices in our heads <laughs> yeah but you got to admit but, there's mul- there's there's good and evil working on everybody and it's an course. age old it's an age old uh, archetype with the devil on one shoulder and the right. angel on the other. You know it. You guys all know this. And you can't, you know, if you go out and say that in a court of law or something, they'll take your kids away from you. It's like we're all being bombarded by unseen evil. Right. And to hear the hear the truth, to hear the wisdom, to hear the the divine feminine and the, and the divine masculine truth and wisdom working on us is the key. It's it's keys McKee. It's so key that they put it into the movie and made it blatantly keys. So, so let me there. See. So here's. Anyway, that, let me see if I can find the dialogue between Millie and Guy at the at you know at the end. Well, she doesn't. Th- this is where it gets to be more of a romantic love story because she doesn't realize well, that right says, until the end. That uh, guy is in, in the Im- is in the image of his creator, who's who's the one that's actually in love with her and has done all of this for her, to su- you know to support her and woo her and everything. And and so, uh, Mouser, the friend who's right. who has so, defected from tsunami. Yeah, they well tsunami collapsed. They went yeah and started. They their went own. out on their own and they they kept life itself. That was part of the agreement. And they started this thing. And he he's nudging keys because he's like hey you you know now's your chance he can see so ob- the obvious right he invites he invites millie keys invites millie out for a coffee but she's no she's too enthralled with the game but then finally she logs out and realizes who guy really is right who she really felt well, she love finds with. she she finds the she finds keys file when he created guy when he programmed him and realizes that it's it's him confessing his love for right, her. Right, because he had sent her this video in the whole... Right, right. In, in the whole... It's a, clever, uh, it's a clever twist on your rom-com kind of love story. I think it's, it's pretty cool. I think cool. it was good. I mean, yeah. it, what it does is it takes our divinities here, our, our deities who are Keys and Millie, and it brings them now... Now, now they're the ones in the epic, and they have to find each other. And so the, it's sort of a dreamlike state here where now, now they're the Adam and the Eve character. Guy is Keys, and Millie is, she's been going back and forth between the worlds, and so she's a heroine. So here's, and, the, here's the dialogue with Guy and Millie. Okay. okay. Her, her breaking up with him, so, you know, saying goodbye. <clears throat> she says, she goes, and this, this is harder than I thought. And he says, then let me do it for you. Guy, you are dreamy. Your taste in blue shirts and five octave musical superstars. <clears throat> it's deeply, deeply attractive to me. Again, this is him speaking. And, but I can't keep spending all my time with you. I created this world, but I can't live my life in it. See, was that so hard? And she says, so what are you going to do? And he says, anything I want, thanks to you. I'm not stuck in my loop anymore. Neither are you. I love you, Millie. Maybe that is my programming talking, but guess what? 
someone wrote that program, I'm just a love, love letter to you. Somewhere out there is the author. He, he becomes the key yeah. right there. Right. Yeah. So I don't know that the, uh, anything I want to do is. Yeah, but that's not, that's not the final words. The final, words, the final is, words are is anything to, we want with Buddy. With Buddy, yeah. But the point is like, because of this new existence, we can pursue the goals we want to pursue, really, the that's life really we want to live. Well, and and, and the, uh, so to take the reverse of that, there is a scripture that we bring up from time to time. Uh, you, or you'll have seen from time to time in in church or whatever, and that is the idea that you're you want to act versus being acted upon. Right. And so here is guy saying we can now act versus be acting. Right. Being acted upon. And when I'm talking about uh, unseen evil, hidden evil that's influencing you, and you when you and we don't know, and this is the hard part in this world is trying to not do what they want and and to follow the God of Light. Uh. When we do that, we're being acted upon. When we follow wow. them and, and yield to those temptations, we're being acted upon. And so to act independently is to reject that and then follow the gods of light. Well, we're getting this we're getting this particular in our LDS culture, we're getting this hard right now. <laughs> we're being told by we're being acted upon. We're being told that to be honorable, to be Christ-like, to be a good global citizen, you need to do what these people in charge, these wise and thoughtful government and health officials are telling us to do. That is, you're right, that is being acted upon. That, and we've gotten to the point where even one prominent person, I'm not going to name him, but he is, he is equating obedience to, to government authorities, to Christ's to defiance ob- of the Pharisees. Ob- right. And to being obedient to Christ. And it's... Which, how you can get from... That's the mental gymnastics to, required to say that Christ's defiance of the Pharisees equates with following the government leaders is astounding. I don't it, even... It that is. astounding is such an understatement. It's, it's honestly, it's... Uh, it, it, I don't have a word for it. Astounding. Um, Beyond mind, the pale, mind-blowing. Mind blowing. It's, uh, it's, it is. It's an astounding misappropriation uh, of I why— mean, It's so of, obvious of that if you, had put, if you had set Christ against the people— you know, if he was going against the established order of his day, would he be telling you to mask up, or would he be an anti-masker? Would he be forcing vaccines upon you or telling you to make an informed decision based on your own— personal understanding would he be telling people to uh to uh not go out and give blessings to their friends or you know telling missionaries not to go out and give blessings to people who are sick with covid or would he be telling them to to you know run into the firefight and rescue their friend under fire from right. the enemy what would the lord really do so well our- it's not about that. It's about what would the Lord have you do. So, I mean, that's a very right. personal and thing. That's, and that is where you and each of us has to find that spark, right? We've talked about, in, in, in context of what we talked about today, there should be moments in all of our lives where something, where we see and recognize something that awakens a thing in us that's always been there. Maybe it was dormant. Maybe, Maybe it was it's, programmed into it's you. It's part of our divine program. Signs and tokens we, given we to you have, in the Garden of Eden. We all have we all have divine programming. If you want to, again, in context of today's discussion, yeah, 
we're, we're, we're offspring of God, right? And therefore we will recognize our lineage and our parentage and our, our DNA, our character, our nature. Mm-hmm. Guy, Guy understands that. He, he, he awakens to that and he progresses through his, you know, and to find his better nature, right? His true nature. He levels up. He levels up. He levels up. Truman Show is still does. the best allegory of this, right? In cinema. Truman Show is pretty awesome. <laughs> okay. And, and what does Truman do in the end? He defies all of the wise and thoughtful people around him that are keeping him back, keeping him from progressing. He's- and breaks through, literally breaks through the barriers yeah. that have kept him cooped up his entire life, that kept him imprisoned. Imprisoned is a better word. That's right. The mind, he was in a literal prison. Mind but it prison. was a mind prison. Where and a physical prison. Everything he knew, everything about his reality was false. A lot about our reality is false. It's a facade. It's not the true reality. It's not who, we're not who we really are in these bodies. Do you think that's air you're breathing? <laughs> <laughs> so find that spark, whatever it is, and seek it. And then w- once you, you can't go back to sleep after you've w- woken up. So wake up. And wake up again. And then get the people around you to wake up. And hostage guy can put his arms down. <laughs> You can take the mask off. You can shake hands. You can hug people. You can visit the sick and afflicted. You can minister to the sick and afflicted. Of course, do whatever it is that you think God wants you to do. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this might be the longest podcast yet. It might be. We're at three and a half. I think, but I think we've eclipsed the last one by a pretty good margin. Well, I hope everybody uh, enjoyed our. If you're still with us, if you're still with us, <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie, you you'll and you listen to all of this, you will not see the movie the same way because you'll be thinking of Jordan's in-depth analysis and, and Bobby's our, in-depth analysis and, and our uh, breakdown of it. But uh, look, it is a it is a fun movie. It's pretty much fran- family friendly. There's one. There's an F word. It's a PG thirteen, right? It is, and. Uh, it's 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 funny. Ryan Reynolds is charismatic. He's uh, he, you know he 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 can carry a movie really well. Oh, it's great. And then the the uh, Channing Tatum stuff is funny. Right. The the girl Millie is excellent. She's just a great yeah. uh, divine feminine influence there, and and a kick a type of a video gamer. Yeah, yeah she's she's good. And then and Ta- then walk. Waki, Taiti, Tahiti. They're all good. <laughs> Keys, Mauser, these guys. It's, it's, it's a good movie. It's funny. And, and dude is the icing on the cake at the end. Catchphrase. Yeah. Well, we don't have a catchphrase here at the Mind Virus show. Visit, but visit us at mindvirus.show on the web. <laughs> we think we, we, we do appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, we appreciate the comments. <laughs> Please like, comment, subscribe. You know the Look, drill. <laughs> there, there's a ton of stuff in there. In there, and uh, you know, if you guys have comments, thoughts, questions, get some discussion going on on the website, or talk amongst yourselves. I don't know, but this is the essence of our existence: is to to go on the philosopher's treasure hunt. You know, if you, you well, found a treasure map in your grandpa's <laughs> attic trunk. And it should have lit a fire under you to, to go figure out what's going on. Well, and, and I hope in the end we can return to the place where we came from in the presence of our creator in an elevated, enlightened state. 
Amen, brother. All right, we'll see you guys again next Have week. Have a great week.